Hey, everybody, before we get into the episode, let me tell you that this episode is brought to you by podcorn.com. And what is podcorn.com? Well, if you have a podcast, and I know a lot of the people that listen to us do have a podcast, if you're planning on having a podcast as well, you will find that one of the hardest things to do is to get sponsorships, to get ads. It's one of those things where you'll be listening to some other podcast and you'll hear 20 ads and you're like, I want in. I want the moolah. Where are these ads? And it's very tough to find where you can get sponsors. You have to know people. At some points, you have to kind of get involved with some people that will try to take control of your podcast a bit. They will tell you, well, you're going to do this, this, and this. And a lot of times you figure, well, I guess that's how you have to do it. Well, that's not true. And what you can do now is go to podcorn.com, sign up with an account, and what you will end up finding is a marketplace of sponsors that are looking to sponsor podcasts. It is just all there, and it's up to you as many or as little or whatever you want to do. It's always up to you. There is never going to be anybody to tell you what to do, which is very important in my mind. But what you end up doing is... Finding sponsorship opportunities like host read ads like I'm doing right now, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. And with Podcorn, there is no middleman. The podcasters can do whatever they want. You all out there, you can decide, okay, I'm going to pitch this ad. Hey, you know, you're going to call the shots. And that's the best thing about it. You don't give up your rights to the podcast and you will be compensated through you. And Podcorn is there themselves just to support you. They're there to make sure you get protected and compensated just as you are supposed to. And it's a really good thing. Like I said, having a podcast, you want to go, you want to be able to tell your wife or husband, look at me. I'm making the money. You're always yelling at me about this podcast. I'm yapping and yapping. You're you're there. Well, this is a way to stick it to them. This is the way to say, look at me, honey. I'm making the moolah. So if you want to be that sort of deal and you want to make the moolah, go over to podcorn.com. You can click the link that will be in the show notes. Go right there. Sign up and pretty much start browsing sponsorship opportunities That instant, I think that if you have a podcast, it's something that you definitely should check out. And with that said, let's get on with the show. You can do it what you do. Cut small to get fresh crew. You review the books. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 280 of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I'll be joined by Eric in just a moment, but let me tell you where you can find us. You can go over to Twitter, where we are at Weird Science DC. If you follow us, I will follow you back. You can go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where we will be reviewing all of the new comic books that start coming out next week. We also, or actually this week, as you are listening to this And we have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science where you can go and 
you know, enjoy some shows, support us. We have a ton of shows. We ended up having over 80 episodes of shows in April, and we're going to continue that trend in May. Try to top that. Maybe, maybe top that. But one of the things that we do each and every week is the Weird Science DC Comics Patreon-only spotlight, where two books are featured every Thursday night by me and Eric. And they are picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, Beep Boop. And this past week, because we haven't had new comics coming out that we actually talk about, you did end up having The Dreaming and Daphne Byrne last week. Those are not books that we cover. So we were continuing having some classic stuff. And this past week, we ended up talking two books from the JL Ape. JL Ape Guerrilla Warfare event from way back, I believe, in 1999, and it was JLA Annual Number 3 and Batman Annual Number 23. It was a event that was going through all of the annuals of the characters from the Justice League, where the JLA had been turned into apes. And things got bananas, right? Things got bananas. You ended up having Batman, though, avoid it because, you know, he was out and about. You can't have Batman turn into an ape, can you? But we have a bunch of other shows as well. And coming up this couple weeks, we're going to have new comics coming out. The first week, the week that we are listening now, you're going to have a couple books coming out. Flash, Batman and the Outsiders, I believe Hawkman, things like that. We're actually going to have those on the regular show for the first week. As these books come back, we're going to have those. We'll end up having some classics on the Patreon spotlight. But to make up for that and for the fact that we actually missed out on an annuals week this past month of April, the last week of May will actually be a Patreon-only show to kind of have all that make up for some of these new books not being on a spotlight, all that sort of things. I know pretty low, Jim, but we're going to do that. But right now, let's celebrate. Let, let's give a little shout out. Let's give a tribute to those guys and gals that do pick the books for everything that we do. We call them the badasses. And here we go. We have Manship, T-Funk, Luke Hollywood, Optimus Prime 99, Lone Wolf Marv, Lawrence Lee, Niels Tewart, my man Rob Lewis, and Eric's man, Dalton Edom, Christian Falls, Ken Halleck, Lady Abby, Nick Adams, Mark Jager, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stoja, Manga Mark. I, I just like saying that. I think that that's going to stick. Eric G., David Fink, Brandy Murray, Bobby Bain, Reggie Hancock, Thomas D. Felrath, Cam, Hey Eric Lee and James Alvin, how's the weather up there or in some cases down there is the next. And down there, why are you throwing shade at Eric? Brian, because he's always passed out. Brian from Arkansas, Bill Abir, Boris Pauly, Tony Walton, Joey Bear Costco, Joseph Watch, Sick, Comic Boom Rocky, D-Man 3000, All New Dave, Carlos, my man Pete from NYC, Pauly Pete Down Under, Mr. Jazz, I like to call him, Coolest Jazz he is, Cellar Dweller, Luis, Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double Aaron, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T, and Ruben. Ruben is there. Ruben's there in Seattle, probably drinking a coffee right now. And I don't know, what else do they eat in Seattle and drink? Hot dogs, right? Everybody loves a good old hot dog. A cart dog, really, is what I love. But yeah, thanks, everybody. 
the badasses, and everybody else that does support us on the Patreon. And if you're not on there, just go over and check it out. I think that you'll find a bunch of shows that you'll like. And again, like I said, coming up, Eventually, this month, we will get back to picking as more books come out, as more and more books come out. This first week that we just had, not a lot of books coming out. We're going to add more and more each week. And when we get to the point where we have a bunch, then those will be picked from to be on the Patreon spotlight as we get back to normal. But again, the last show of this month, and I think it will come out on May 31st, that will be a Patreon-only show. And if you're not on the Patreon, you just take a week off from hearing me and Eric's jerk-off voices. But I'm not going to delay this any much longer. Let's go to the books. Ah, yes, here we are, Jim and Eric's reviews. Oh, my. And there we are, Eric. I'm already tired. You're always tired. Well, we ended up recording some bit. It was very quick, but boy, we had some energy going. Everything was. We in, could. St- my, how are you already my done? My power went off. I, I'm too tired now. The power and went off in the house, and the power went off within you. In my heart. And here we are. We're going to be talking some books uh, tonight. Classic books. Uh, this will be the last time it'll be just classic books because books are back. They are going to be coming back full force. Though they did come back this week with such hits as Daphne Byrne and The Dreaming. Uh, that's Eric's uh, favorite two. I hear you're going to do your own my spotlight big two. on those. Oh my! How could you? How could you skip Daphne Byrne? I mean, if I went to you and came up to you earlier today and I said, hey, what do you think of that Daphne Byrne? You'd be like, well, it's that some girl I graduated with or something. You'd have no idea what I was talking about. She claiming I'm her baby's daddy. That happens a lot around here. that's what would happen. That does happen. How about would you rather deal with Daphne Byrne or... Sliders. Sliders. I've been re-watching Sliders all week. I would definitely want to deal with some sliders. Really? You think that that's appropriate for a DC Comics podcast? That's very odd of you. Sliders. Oh, my. Yep, that's it. We're talking sliders. We're going to talk season one, episode six. Okay. The episode titled The Bridge. I I just made that up. I have no idea. That's the episode you know. When they go over the bridge, is there, what there is happens, a the golden right? gargoyle gate bridge they go over. I didn't say that. I like the killing. I didn't say the golden gargoyle gate bridge. <laughs> I'm not talking no alternate reality with some brother or something or the dark slider. 
It, you know, what is this I, dark think, slider? I think the dark slider to me is like a slider that has chili, jalapenos, and ghost peppers. It's dark because it's going to have me on the can for weeks, but I'll still eat it. I'll eat that slider, Eric, is Sliders. what I say. That's the dark slider. What was the bad slider called? There wasn't the evil a bad slider. slider. Oh, I thought there was an evil. That, that I'm putting the, that. You mean, and, you mean the bad guys in the later season, the Cro-Mags? No. You know what I'm doing? I'm thinking the of evil the guy. Yeah, the evil leaper from Quantum Leap. <laughs> I've added them both together. As I've They're been both to do Eric for years. Chase. Yeah, really. It's like me where I'm adding all Why not those. both? Well, it's like, yeah, well, I'm adding all those Star Trek things in my mind. You got the Voyager, you got your Babylon 5, and no, you got no, your no, Farscape. No, you don't right? Up. You got them all together and your Doctor Who's. They're all together, all of those Star Trek properties. I just love the idea that you used to be a sci-fi fan and you could say that. Yeah, I used to be. That's why I can say it. You said but it But right you only there. like the pretentious stuff. It's just that easy. No, no, no. I didn't like Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like that. I ended up liking a lot of v. things where, yeah, no, uh, yeah, V. I did like V when it came out. Then it scared the crap out of me, and I thought that we were going to be invaded. And about the same time that V was coming out in my mind, that's when the day after was out, oh, yeah. and that was supposed to show you what was going to happen Terrifying. with a nuclear holocaust. And then V comes out. I'm just still thinking that these are news. I'm like, <laughs> really? Like now they know something more, and they're trying to prepare us. You know what you do? And we've said it all along. You don't trust them aliens. Uh-uh. That's all you have to know. I'm telling you right now. You end up having murder hornets come up and knock on your door. Don't think it's a candy gram. They're going to murder you. That's why they're called murder hornets. That's all. That's why they're called murder hornets, people. That is why. Uh, this is just a PSA. Did you see that our man uh, from the InfoWars, uh, that yes, he got Alex in trouble Jones. the other day? He's having did problems you see with he got cannibalism. In trouble the other day? Yeah, did you, did you see that he pretty much said the same thing that I was joking about when we first <laughs> found out about the Thanks quarantine? Alex Jones. I know. I'm telling you, there are benefits for nobody caring about you. There you go. <laughs> you don't get in trouble. I said exactly the same thing he did. And he said crazy shit. Yeah, he is. So am I. But I'm not a popular crazy shit, I guess. So there, that's all you need to know. You can be crazy, just don't be popular. It's just that easy. It is just that easy, Eric. It's just that easy. We're going to go through these classiques. And we have four books tonight. Actually, five, Eric. Did you realize that we're going to have five books going on tonight? Did you? Did you prepare for those? (laughs) I did not. (laughs) Batman Beyond Mark is going to join us a little later, and he has a... Special classic uh, review himself. You'll have to see what that is, Eric. I'm saying that because I forget the issue good, good. Uh, of what he's going to be talking about. But it is Batgirl Beyond that he's going to be dealing with. He's going to tell us all about that. But on the Batman tip, which I know you're always on the Batman tip, Eric. With bated breath. I'm telling you, now I got the energy back. The, the power went out. But now it's returned in my heart. My heart is a furnace burning brightly, now burning eternally, right? Sound like and you know why? I am. But also, I wanted to tell you before we go on, I, I mentioned to people in the Slack that Tanya gave me what she liked to call the podcast Herpes. helper. Oh. It was a, no, that's not a podcast helper. That's just how she got me to stay with her. Oh. <laughs> you know, you end up where she Classic. got uh, a six pack of beer. For me to drink tonight. Hey, I am not going to do that. Six pack of beer just for six you? Pa- Seriously, six pack of beer for me. I-, I ain't no drunk like you. So that that would do me. What and are you and, and about? Where, where people sit there and 
say, oh, man, what a lightweight. No, that's called a sober fella. That's called a guy who's not alcoholic. I just want to tell. Well, you got to be an alcoholic to enjoy beer. No, I'm saying I would get drunk on a six pack of beer. You could call me a lightweight. I call myself a responsible adult. No, they would just look at you. No way would anybody call you a lightweight. No, that's true. Except you haven't seen me in months and you are wrong, sir. So you would oh, yeah. be very shocked. Yes, uh, I am probably I'm actually lighter right now than when I first met you when I started working with you some 10 years ago. So take that, buddy boy. It's like but, seven. Uh, with that, though. <laughs> Uh, Yeah. No, I think it was like eight or nine. I actually was sitting there. I'm like, I'm going to get some extra vacation days. Little did I know I did, Eric, forever. (laughs) I got laid off. But so we're we're here. I end up today where I changed up my diet a little now that you're talking about it, where I actually realized when I was working – I would end up eating, drinking a lot of those shakes that I made. The, you know, the shakes with the the berries and the bananas. Well, since I've been home, oh. I have been eating regular meals, but I don't feel as good as I did when I was working. Probably because I haven't seen you. Probably you know, the love of my life is what Tanya tells me when she's mad. Weird. But I realized today I should get back to doing that during the day, drinking those shakes. And it's not even like a calorie thing. It's just that I think that was giving me more, you know, vegetables and things like that. And it was helping. So I did that. Then in the meantime, me and Logan went out to get more vegetables and some fish and things. And we ended up getting this really strong coffee and we ended up making it. Boy, it is strong. And I drank way too much of it and I didn't really eat anything solid. So I think that now, I am having some problems, Eric. I think I'm high on life and coffee beans is what I'm doing right now. Maybe and a little drunk. Again, the guy is drunk. Maybe. No, I haven't drank. I, I haven't drank had a one drink beer. in like I a month a, and a half. I'm very upset. I had that one beer. I did have one last night. I did try it. I do like it. And it's the Newcastle Brown Ale. I, you know, and everybody can it. throw shade. Everybody can throw shade because at one point I thought I was fancy drinking that, then found out, no, 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 that's just the Budweiser of England. But hey, <laughs> I, I do like it. Zach tried one. He liked it as well. So we're going to go into that. Tanya Man, you like ended school up- in July. That's right. Well, Tanya ended up getting the Mike's Hard Lemonade. She did not drink, but they're gone. It's a mystery. It's not a mystery. We don't know. It was Ray. We know it was. We're going to start now with a classic issue, Eric. It is Batman number 419. That came out May 1988. It is Ten Nights of the Beast. Part three. Ooh. It's written by Jim Starlin and art by Jim Aperol, Mike DiCarlo, Adrian Roy, and John Costanza. The Beast continues to rip through Gotham in order to stop the Star Wars program. And by now, I think the best we're going to get from the Star Wars program is probably like The Last the Jedi. The Mandalorian. Right? That, boom! The Last Jedi, Eric. There's only a couple people left. This issue ups the ante and shows that Batman may just have to put his vow aside, Eric, to stop the Beast. May? He, he can't do anything here. And this really does give you What are you talking a, about? He disarmed KG Beast. Well, he, he didn't really disarm him. KG Beast did it himself. But still, this is where you're not going to stop this guy. You're going to have to at least try to kill him or wall him in in a sewer. Quiet down, uh, Because man. I do like what is happening here, though, because we did get a setup to this issue, which is just balls out crazy. I love this on. issue. This whole thing, where we too. were praising last time we talked about that, what we're calling our Batman section of podcasts, and we're going back and forth right now. We were praising the issue number twos of the arcs that we're dealing with in this section of books. And I'm thinking to myself, how could you beat that? I jumped in right away with, the, you know, Ten Nights of the Beast Part 3. I'm like, you done did it, Batman. You done beat the last week. 
because I was having a balls to the wall kind of time with the action that was involved here. Yeah, and it starts off right away. And so what you have in my mind, you end up having Jim Starlin. He knows what – this is a guy that probably knows what's going to happen the next issue. You know, you write Hopefully. with an idea. So he knows what he's going to have Batman do, and he really has to set up the idea that Batman is at the end of his rope. He can't really figure out what to do, and if I don't stop this beast – people are going to die and people have, but it's getting worse and worse. I mean, and it's getting worse and worse. And even Batman cannot catch up to him. He can't stop him. And when you get the big disarmament, (laughs) as you said there, uh, you see that this beast is way, way more over the top than anybody that Batman has fought Oh my God. I'm spraying. I'm I'm caught in a trap right now. The Batman's coming at me. I better cut my arm off. And he does. It gets away. I'm like, you want bad dude, KG Beast? You want bad dude? I am not going to make fun of your gimp outfit ever again. <laughs> you bad dude. It, it starts off great, though, in my mind, because you, you open it up and you're going, and it's just like, hey, day five, 8.55 a.m., Gotham right. International Airport. Uh, their flight took off right on time. It looked like we'd finally outsmarted the beast. <laughs> but boom, the plane, there's just a plane going. It blows up. It gets blown up, and you're like, Oh my God. You like, see they, Nabir they don't Solari even just smoking sense. And yeah. we're going to You see the KG beast with a rocket launcher just taking the, He's got the stinger. That's all we He's do. got a stinger rocket launcher. He just ended up blowing up this plane. Now, again, you have so this much behind General the scenes. Brian Ridwell. Yeah, really. You have the behind the scenes. A- and our man, Agent Bundy. They think Poor that they're both Ralph dead. Bundy. Oh, they went down. With this all, it is still the idea who is the Who's mole? The mole yeah. Who is going on? Now, with this going on, you kind of think, well, it can't be Bundy, he's right? Stunned. Because he's dead. And so you go with these other things. I love Batman, Keith too. Parker. because Batman FBI. is... FBI. Yeah, yeah there, there's a guy in this that is like, if you don't think it's him by the end, they name one of these other guys, other agents. I'm like, yeah. But Batman's there, and he's got to pretend that he still is on top of things. I should have been there. Should have been there. What are you going to do? What are you, just there on the side of the road? I mean, really, the side of the road. Then this is the problem. At this point where it's gotten to, I do start thinking crazy stuff like the Superman or the Watchtower. You got to get these people. You got to get them somewhere that you know can be. Well, even the idea when we get the last two after we think that General Ridwell is gone type of thing, we have, you know, Senator Dale and Congressman Burns. For some reason, we're going to decide to use the hotel scheme again. I'm like, look, we, we realized in the last issue that putting them in a hotel, whether they're dummies or not, not a good idea. So when they get to them, the idea that we have to deal with these things and i just lost my train of thought but i'm trying to figure out where well, you're going. doing the same plan no no you the, end up the whole doing thing the same is, deal. is that i was going somewhere with this and <laughs> I, I i completely lost everything I thought because the idea there, that the hotel on this i'm stuck on the hotel that we're gonna do the uh well, at least in this one, we do find out that they cleared out a lot of the floors. I'm like, I'm thinking that when we had those dummies set up in the last issue where they're like, that was shot they, by the rock. They killed off, everybody. They killed a lot of people. So when we have the new congressman, the last two people involved here, we better make sure that we don't have anybody on the floors around us at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what we end up finding out, and this will be a spoiler, really, but we'll just let it out. Bundy did not die. Neither did Ridwell. Oh, my. Ridwell and Bundy were not on that plane. That was a dupe, and they ended up getting Ridwell. So Ridwell lives. He is in, you know, Washington, D.C. He went uh, undercover on a train. He went that way. So you end up having Bundy come back. And this is the thing. You end up 
with this Agent Parker that oh, seems yeah, I, to I be just, the you know guy. What? I just realized where my train of thought was going. The idea that we put these people in a hotel, we ought to realize it's a bad idea. But then, okay, everybody get together because, you know, the congressman, he's going out to dinner. I'm like, well, why would you allow that? Why can't well, he get even that, service? You now see that Bundy sets up the well, – you don't see it yet, but Bundy has set up a ruse himself yes. just to see and get rid – well, he does. He lives. He says, hey, the CIA, you can't get rid of me that easy. But FBI agent Parker, he trust that wanting dude. to know things. So when he wants to know things – why aren't you duping him? Why aren't you saying, oh, you want to know? Well, you know, treat everybody that you are not, you know, fully trusting, which is basically Batman, Robin, and Gordon. Well, that's the thing you is, know, while they're doing this, they, he does have some kind of jurisdiction going on where he does need to be informed of the situation. Well, that's the thing, though. But think of it, though. Agent Parker went to the mayor and complained about not telling them where they hid Dale and Burns, the two guys that are alive that seem to be the next targets. Don't tell the mayor. Tell the mayor something wrong, too. This is at a point to me, you got to start doing things different because you're telling the mayor. The mayor just ends up telling Parker. So you have to do like Bundy I'm did. Nope. You, the at is, the end of this, though, Bundy, nobody's yelling at him when he comes back. Oh, man, that was underhanded. You're Keith, gonna, no, no, they're happy. Keith Parker has to be a dupe in this whole thing because of how much it just seems like he is the mole the entire time. Like the, the yeah, Batman still thinks it's a KGB on. Uh, agent Andre, he he keeps pushing down this angle, but like the idea about it, it does seem kind of ludicrous that we would send a Russian operative over here to save face while the Russians are killing people. So I'm like, I'm okay with the KGB agent, but this this Keith Parker, the FBI, he's got he's it's got to be something weird. I'm telling you, I need this to be a satisfying conclusion to the who the identity of the mole is by the end of this. But Keith Parker seems too on the nose for how everything keeps um, pointing to him. He doesn't sound as much on the nose as you think, my friend, as we get through this. I will point that out. But yeah, so you end up having Parker finding out you can't keep it from me. I heard what happened at the airport, Gordon. And you just think, OK, Parker, you jerk like it's you. The other thing going on is they do have. All these, they have these two guys, Dale and Burns. They have them. They are in this hotel, and you have Batman and Robin. That they, he's going to go Senator out. Hey, Dale Batman. and Congressman and, Burns, yeah. Jim. And Batman and Robin, they're going to go undercover to make sure everything's going on. And I really did think that I never thought of the idea of like a Batman. They're like, okay, well, Batman, you Master go undercover, disguise. like. Well, what's going to happen? I, I just think he's going to take off the cow and say, look at me. I'm police officer. And like, no, no, you're Bruce Wayne. I recognize you. But he also has a disguise. When I'm he ends up you, pulling off the disguise to become Batman again, I, I I'm like, want, oh, thank God. I want Batman to be the master disguise. I really do. But the idea that we have a false face situation, almost like a Mission Impossible kind of thing, the way he's pulling this thing off. But when he pulls the false face off and he has the cow on, I just want the the, the officer that he's impersonating to be here, this whole disguise where – the face is just pointed up at the top of the head to show the cow ears because I'm like, how are you hiding anything in this mask? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just crazy. And just I, I really somebody did. with like you know horns coming out of the top of their head. I don't know who do you think Batman is here. I don't know. I can't tell. I don't know. Uh, but even then, Batman is there, and you could tell it. <laughs> he looks like Bruce Wayne. Uh, it would be funny. I if he's tell. like it's funny if he's like, listen, I'm going to be disguised as Bruce Wayne. That'd be I, cool I just wanted to there to be a moment where he turned around, took the false face off. You saw the cow come up from behind, up over his head. The idea that he pulls the face off and he's already wearing the cow. I'm like, that's ridiculous. I know. It is ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Well, they end up going to the Commodore Hotel where everybody's at. And as they're going to get 
you know, the people out of here, Batman in his disguise realizes that there is a Using doorknob. Using his greatest that looks detective skills. And there's a doorknob. There's a golden doorknob on but the, the rest congressman's silver, door. The rest are silver. He realizes, oh my God, it's it's explosives. Get out of the way. And then it blows up. That oh, was a shape charge that pointed inside the door whenever it would be opened. Oh, the congressman's dead. Yep, the congressman is dead. The congressman and his aide both dead and they, they aren't they're just dead so what they have to do now is get the senator he was going out to dinner what is wrong yep. with these people I know. I know so then you end up like you said <laughs> batman pulls the mask and it's just the cow underneath <laughs> doesn't make any sense uh, and he's like okay well look at me i'm batman they're like batman yeah parker i knew it because he the best, while this is going on, Parker's bad-mouthing Batman the whole entire time. Thank God your Batman guy isn't here. I don't trust that jerk. Uh, but they have to get the senator then. They have to get him out back. There's all these things. So they go to take the elevator. Keith and again, Parker's this plan. Is, he won't yeah. be turned down. This is and his this plan. Is this is what we're thing. doing. This is his plan. And Batman even says, listen, and it is. It's an emergency. You don't ever take the elevator and go. And so you have this kite man out. We to go yeah, out of really. window here. Like, hey, so they're going to go. Batman claims it is an emergency. We cannot take this, and they get in the off, elevator. Bats. Batman says that he is going to go with them because if something goes wrong, he has to be there. Parker's telling them to relax, and then there is one other guy. Hey, McDonald, aren't you coming along? No, sir. I'll remain here to secure the hallway. W- what is he securing? They He's got to secure the- things. It's him. I don't even remember. I'm just saying it's him. There's well, no I'm way. Because- you, I'd hope so. But the idea for some reason, like, all right, then like maybe it's at, like, uh, I can't even think of Nadir in disguise. No, I, it's him. He's the guy. <laughs> if you look through this issue, at least, if you, but he's from the beginning. It's and true. if you look through this issue, he's even at places where people are talking about where they're going to secretly take people. At the one point, they're like, it's like a where's Waldo situation. Yeah. yeah you go. Where's and this is where at the end of that Tom King run, when they're like, hey, you know, Bane was behind and you go back and look and he ain't nowhere. <laughs> like he's the master of disguise. He's that tree there. And then that mailbox. This, if you go even in this issue, you see at one point, they're like, we're going to get the senator in the limo. We're going to get him out. Of- He's right there. Oh, Tell okay. And I think that Anybody what's going on. about launch codes? And again, I'm saying this. Obviously, I could have read ahead. I'm not faking the funk. I can't remember no, no. who exactly it is. I'm not going to play it. Girls. No, I'm too lazy. I think that what is really screwing us up or them is the idea that Parker does think that he has to know and then when he finds out, he starts blabbing to his guys. This guy's just one of those five, six guys. So when he finds out, he's like, yeah, that Batman, he was trying to keep this. The this only guy, characterizations the of any of these, besides for the random names, like everybody has a different hair shade. This happens to be the blonde guy who you can't trust. The blonde guy that you all of a sudden name. McDonald, aren't you coming They've along? Been this is the thing. Parker should be the guy. No, I'm saying now. Oh. You're not going to those other guys. Hey there, Franklin. Well, you're not going to Agent Perry, that's for sure. No. Well, you're also he wondering here, why the hell would Parker not know what his underling is doing or say, aren't you coming along? And he goes, no, sir, I'll remain here to scare the home. Now, the thing is, he does look like he's like smirking at Parker, like wink, wink there. Ixnay on the t- Ubble tray. I don't know why I said trouble, but he ends up where, okay, I I think (laughs) think it's him. But the beast now is going to show you 
that he is he's almost like a bullseye at Marvel. Anything's a weapon is in his hand. Later they say that makes me laugh because what he legitimately has at that point is an axe, which is kind of a weapon. But at this point he's just throwing cinder blocks. Cinder blocks are down. a weapon. Into I've well, hurt my not back many really. Times trying to pick them up, and, and the, yeah, really funny. Yeah, end huh. up where Parker is really, and if you look too, Parker doesn't get into the elevator and put himself to the outside of it. He doesn't. So I, I think that that's the tell. He's right in the middle. I mean, he's in the middle where he should have died Look, from the these thing cinder is, blocks. We already have, you know, the beast had set up a whole charge in the doorknob, killing the congressman. They're going to the elevator. They could have gone to the stairwell, but I don't know if the beast at this point going to the top floor of this building, which is under construction and just using the random cinder blocks around. Like, I don't know if he had a plan for the situation. Like, well, the he idea, may not have, but he may have been up there. This guy, when they go well, in the elevator. Here's what I'm getting. He's up there. He gets word from McDonald. They're in the elevator now. And then he just looks around. Cinder blocks it is or else, you know, wet concrete. Agent Perry gets whammoed. Yeah. So he goes and does that. Another agent gets killed. Agent Perry. And also you end up having Parker almost get killed as well. Batman decides to be a badass. Says first off, because he's always the I told you so guy. I told you, Parker, this was a death trap. Somebody is dead, Batman. Shut up. Somebody has stopped the elevator at KG Beast. Or somebody helping Solari, or maybe someone else. But Batman is going to climb up. No, no, he's going to shinny up yeah, there. Well. Have you ever heard the term shinny, or have you always heard it as shimmy? I've heard shimmy. Yeah. I've heard shimmy, but shimmy. Batman says shinny. It's cutting his hands apart, even though he's got the gloves. He's going up. Casey Doesn't get Beast worse when he goes him. and shoots down at the Batman, shooting through his shoulder there. I'm like, all right, we're going to climb this thing, cutting through your hands, and we're going to keep on doing this while you have one arm that's incapacitated because you've been shot. Yeah, and so Batman's Batman hurt. The police are heading up to the top floor to get KG Beast, and that's where you have everything in the world's a weapon as far as he's concerned. It, it's an axe. It's an that axe. can be a yeah. weapon in, in a little In case of emergency. Hand. It's an emergency right now. <laughs> Now. In, in case of, of attacking police. I just want to well, be a part of this police crew, him. though, because you've got a bunch of cops coming and busted in this top floor, all armed to the teeth. And the idea is when Batman gets up there and finds them all dead, I would have been the guy standing at the door just opening fire on the beast and unloading everything no, I have into be, him. Well, here's the thing that really, to me, leads Kill to him. what Batman's going to do next issue, where it says, because he has a code, the policeman... They hesitate. The hesitation because they are trained to leave a suspect the chance to surrender. That's all he needs. Two seconds. That's what leads Batman. When he gets a chance later, he's going to have to do something to take him out. He can't just, you know, dilly like, dally. Even like the, the idea, police. like the Gordon has gone over the radio, stuck in the cinder blocked up elevator kind of thing. Get a squad of men up there on the double. Take him out before he kills us all. I'm like, all right, you go in there, you just start blasting execution this style. This is the thing, though. Again, they're running in, and it's not like they run in and say, you know, throw that down or whatever. They see the way that it's played out. It's like a millisecond. That's all he needs. He's just going to kill him. He has no qualms about killing anybody. It looks like they surrounded him. Like, all right, boys, we're in the room now. We better circle him and tell him to put down his weapon. Uh, only one guy. The way they go in could fire anyway. They all open fire and they're killing everybody in front of them. They're going two by two there. Yeah, we're going to do this old, you know, revolutionary style kind of thing where the front guys then get on their knees and start firing. Well, the I'm guys saying, that's start what, to fire. I think that's the hesitation. <laughs> I think they're going into try to get away to shoot he doesn't care he just goes through and they're all lined up and they're dead he ends up hurting batman batman takes off because they never had a chance they didn't understand what they were up against 
KG Beast does get a dart, and he's a little poisoned. It doesn't do anything. No, he goes just down on a gun zip wire, and this is where you have him going. He's going to do pretty much the whole this is you know, Indiana Jones to me, where he's going to cut the rope, and then he's got but then. Batman just blows up the rope himself. See, I like to and think it like goes, this. You know, Kevin goes across the rope into his treehouse. Marvin and Harry, they try to get across at this point. Kevin's going to cut that rope. And before, like Marvin and Harry are like this. All right, in order for us to get enough momentum to get across before he cuts that, we better blow up the house behind us. Well, he blows up the rope so that he actually goes towards KG Beast and not away. But in the meantime, he also wraps the rope around KG Beast's hand. And the only way that he can get out would be to cut off his hand there. And he does. He gets gets the axe and cuts it off like a badass and batman just just imagine the pain though that. where this whole cord is wrapped up around that it's like it's wrapped around the kgb's wrist and it has batman's full weight on there as he's continuing to climb up like that's got to be excruciating i think i might cut my arm off too to stop the that thing pain. is it's amazing it just didn't pop off <laughs> and and then he goes up kgb's profusely bleeding and, and me being a dummy i'm like well now they have dna evidence they i'm like they know who he is they know who he is yeah they don't need that they have a name uh yeah, so they're trying to pick up the pieces. Batman barely survives, but this is the whole deal of oh no, you know we, we at least we ended up because Bundy shows up. Hey, what did I miss, guys? Well, if you count me, yeah, you were supposed to be dead. And he's like, no, and that's where you end up having Parker amazed, like you're so, like he has something in on it. Uh, and he's like, no, no, and tells him, you know, CIA agents are harder to kill. That was a ruse. Turns out he just plane. took the train and it was okay. Yeah, so you end up having General Ridwell ended up at D.C. He went incognito. And then they're like, well, what about when that plane got, you know, blown up and then went in that children's hospital, Bundy? You are in trouble. Empty but they remote don't. control. Yes. Don't worry, Empty everybody. remote control plane. You got to make Where sure that nobody, more, nobody else the dies seven in the seven people story. who got killed by the thing flying down. I mean, it just was <laughs> in the middle of Gotham. But they're trying to, you oh, know, figure out. those runway workers. Here's Batman. He's like. You know what? This is bad. And you end up. Yes, Batman. Bundy, Bundy bad. went. The last target is Reagan. It's Ronald Reagan, President <gasps> Reagan. Oh, my. Bundy has tried to convince him do not come to Gotham. There's no reason. You know, Reagan, he ain't going to deal uh-uh. with no terrorists. He hates those commies. He's coming. And they can't stop it. Now they have to end up getting rid of the beast before they he kills the president that's the last that name stubborn ass president I'm telling you even when they do this and like all right let's get that star wars program going on they have three guys left and one's that's the president the what the hell matter. he's it doing never worked anyway it was all yeah, well, i'm saying that's why it didn't work it wasn't a ruse it probably it why the beast took it everybody down. behind it was it took it down. out there's like two guys left. Like I said, Reagan ain't there, you know, doing the trains. Turns out Ridwell wasn't the brains of the operation. I, I, well, no. And while this was going, Reagan, the best he's probably doing is telling you stories about Bozo and stuff. Hey, I have this chimp, you know. So you have all these things going on. Batman, you can tell. He's hey, do you like realizing- movies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Hey there, you have Batman realizing I got to do something, and, and things are going to have to step up a bit. I may have to equal the craziness of the Beast. What as are you talking we about see, Batman, you can't do that. You're the Batman. Well, we'll see. As Beastie goes off with Solari, and I love this guy, Ambrose Durling, engineer. That's right. Wait, wait, wait. Just this, the face up there where he has it on the window, engineer. What the hell? And they even say engineer. The Everybody knows what he does. He's underhand. And he is the guy that the beast goes with. Solari says, hey, make these. Here's these blueprints for this hand. 
kind of like the Star Wars, and he's going to make a no, new no, hand no, it's for... going to it's, it's like a battle arm. It's more like RoboCop Part Three, which nobody well, wants I'm to remember. You, it's Luke Skywalker, and so yeah, I love too where you go into Luke this Skywalker guy didn't have missiles you, shooting out of his you hand. You go into this, he probably wanted to. You have this Durling there. He didn't have Ambrose Durling, engineer uh, there. I love all the plans behind. You know, you have all the things. There's the plans right there for Aquaman's hook. We end up having some Green Arrow stuff. You know, he's doing all that stuff for those guys, but he's going to always make in the man. A new hand for him and it's going to be you know you need it in two days and we'll give you tons of money that's the thing is we have this great engineer and stuff like that like how how fast do you get it done because i need it fast oh i can give it done that time frame three days you have two i just imagine this is gonna be a shoddy work coming out this guy Shoddy work, if I remember right, I think that they do the first test run on old Turling, if I remember right. <laughs> they, they may actually use him as the test run for the arm. Oh, that but, beast. Yeah, so. Can't trust this. No, you can't. As far as you can throw him, you can't throw him very far. Uh-uh, the, I'm weak and he's big. He's a big dude. Uh, but yeah, I really like this. I really did. It's a great it issue. It shows you the, just the lengths. That the beast will go to to finish this oh my off. God. And now having I, you, I forgot Reagan. that this was the issue that he does this to become the KG beast that we all know and love now with the rope, like you know, with the gun arm coming down now, like in current days. I'm like, I saw him do it. Oh shit, it's happening right now. I, I'm telling you, I was in, like so engrossed in this issue. It was action packed, and I was like not bored of a single bit, except for maybe at the beginning when we have to go through the recap of what's been going on. Later on, it's going to be living metal arm, Eric. That's what we have no. in the present. You shut we your mouth. left that the last with the last new book. Living we actually reviewed things. was Batgirl. And it was funny. I, I think it might have been Alex M. If it wasn't, I apologize. But he said there is the synergy of the first book we ever reviewed was Batgirl. And the last book before the shutdown was Batgirl. We hated both. But yeah, what would you give this? I would end up giving this an 8.5 out of 10. The art remains strong. Batman is kick-ass. KG Beast is even more kick-ass. And what you get out of that is a great issue. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. Look at you. You always got to one-up me. Sliders, it is. I'm like the KGB, so I'm going to one-up your ass all the time. (laughs) What are we talking about next? Put your ass in a wall. Yeah, damn right, I hope. Tales of the Teen Titans, number 44, written by Marvel from George Perez, with art by George Perez, Mike DiCarlo, Mike Giordano. Giordano, Hadrian Roy, and Todd Klein from 1984, Jim. It's part three of the Judas contract, but instead of going after the captured Titans and keeping the action and momentum going, we slow down here as Adeline and the ex-wife of Deathstroke tells Dick Grayson the origin story of the Terminator. Yeah, it was probably really well, it was really cool back in the day, or the other bunch of times that it's been presented and updated in different comics, and while it still is interesting here... It's just the original, because it's the original, it just slows the story down and only really adds Jericho's background and power set to the story and the knowledge that he's going to team up with the newly named Nightwing to rescue the rest of the Titans. It's just that easy. I wish yeah. it was a little easier. Yes, I wish so too. Uh, yeah, really all this is is just a babble Told you, fest. I, I don't mind I get it. weird not things bad. in my mind where I remember, that, like, I'll read something. And maybe it's because of, like, the effect of a Netflix binge watch where if you watch something all at once, you don't retain the knowledge. But I've read The Judas Contract a bunch of times. For some reason, I always forget that this part three is Slade's backstory. And I'm like, oh, let's, can we get to the Titans already? Because, you know, we had that great issue last time where we saw them all getting taken down by Deathstroke, sent to Hive, and now we have Adeline and Jericho confronting Dick Grayson. Let me tell you my backstory. I'm like, my friends are in danger. Do we have to go through this whole story? God. It throws the tension that you had at the end, the, you know, the thing of the cliffhanger. Suspense. And finding out like, oh my God, we got to get to the, are they alive? I mean, at this point, if you're my reading friends. it month to month, you don't know if they're alive or dead. You know, some might be alive, some might be dead. You'd have no idea. And you stop 
to get the backstory of Slade, Destro, which and I'm telling Jericho, you, you might want to know this if you were a fan of the Teen Titans yeah, and stuff okay. like that. But I'm I telling mean, you, it, it might be great in 1984, but here in 2020, where we've seen it over and over again, redone, rebooted, revamped, whatever you want to call it, it's essentially the same story every time with a little yes. tweaks here and there. So I'm like, all right, let's see the love fest between Adeline well, and some weird super soldier program that originally with a truth serum program to try to be able to get over that stuff. Yeah, and I'll even you know throw a shout out to uh, what I did over at the Marvel deal no, what uh, you do last over there? night actually because I ended up I'm doing the Born Again story, the Frank Miller story of Daredevil. Is that the one when with you the, get uh, into that it, that guy who doesn't know he's a spy. No, no, it, it's oh, that's Jason Bourne. Yeah, no, it's it's basically <laughs> that you know Kingpin really ruins uh, Matt Murdock. He knows his identity, but the thing is, at the point you're going to get a lot of the origin of. Daredevil, you're going to be, you know, see all these things that you didn't always see. But going back and reading it now, we all know that. Yeah. So the idea of reading it now, it doesn't have the effect that it would back then. It's just like this. We know this story. Yeah, we don't know exactly all the particulars. It's like it, never it's, read. That's that. one of those things at this point in time where you go back and you want to see a Spider-Man origin story. I'm like, I don't think we need this right now. Yeah, and, and so when but you get time, this, you cut this some feels. Down. This feels like what we get nowadays where all of a sudden Deathstroke would show up in the t- – and then you have to go through this where you're like, really? Like we have to do this again? But this isn't again at the time. So us going back, there is a timing issue. And I do like it knowing you know, the particulars, yeah. Jericho's there, but – the big thing is what happened to the Titans. That's why we're here. That's what we're interested in. Even seeing at the end, oh, no, I'm Dick Grayson, but I'm going to have to get my shit together for my friends. <laughs> I, I I'm Nightwing. Thing. And oh, when, when we get add, to that, I'm, I'm going to go on. I Jericho to this whole thing. Like, I don't know. I'm not Robin anymore. Hold on. Now that you've told me this long story and my friends are still in peril, I need and to go in my then. room. I need to go in my room and I need to look over my plants because I don't have a name yet, but I have an idea for how like, I just like to imagine this costume. Like, how long was he in his room developing this costume? Well, he's not a very quick knitter. <laughs> he's Knit- not a seamstress. I just I mean, say, like, all right, my friends are in danger. She just told me this long ass story about her there's... whole life. I got to go sewing now. No, no, you you don't realize. We see the backstory going on. He slipped off. He's bored as shit. They listening to this <laughs> while all of this is going on. He's there at the at the thing sewing machine. All right, that looks good. He's like, oh, I need some inspiration. <laughs> Turns on TV. Dance Fever is on. He's like, all right, you know, some look at those deep V's. All oh, right, I like it. Uh, but yeah, you get this backstory that we're not going to go, you know, deep deep into because most you people know to. it. But you end up having Adeline tell how she was in charge of this training program. They can only only the one best guy. of the best like, of the soldiers can come in. This is before V. Vietnam, Jim. We had some time on our hands. Slade Wilson, he lied about his age, 16 years old, and became some one of the best of the best soldiers who was recruited in this in whole the thing. Korean War at that point. Yeah. And at this point then meets Adeline Kane, his commanding officer who wants to sh- prove that he is the best soldier there is, and not only that, but the best lover there is, too. That is true. He ends up, and when they're going, they end up giving him this serum. Like you said, it was to combat the truth serum, but it ended up affecting him differently. Ended up giving him enhanced abilities, but only, you know, one day he might have enhanced abilities. The and next day it, he's a cripple. Then I guess then it he's mellowed this. out. Yeah, well, he ended up claiming, it seems, that, hey, I don't have those abilities anymore. He lied. They end up, yeah, we don't need you. They get rid of him. And then he just becomes a big game hunter at first. But then he wants to hunt the most, the most dangerous, dangerous game. <laughs> Man! And he becomes Deathstroke. You end up, Adeline never knew that until 
you end up having it's because also come. during this whole thing when he was you know in a coma for a little while after that truth serum experiment backfired and like you know had adverse reactions like this the army kicked him out he didn't know what to do with himself anymore that was his entire life so without that he needs to fill up that time because it certainly isn't going to be with family yeah no no <laughs> and so he ends up putting which apparently his he was a good father when he target. was home yeah well he ends up putting his you know, pretty much his family in, in a target. The and Jackal came to Jericho. Uh, the Jackal gets Jericho. Again, you, most of us know this where it's one of those where all he wants is the information. Who hired you? Who is the one who hired You're you? You're not fast enough to get, like save your son's life. Just give me the information. Yeah. While a not guy has enough, you say. <laughs> the knife to his neck. And this is where Adeline just thinks you're just going to give up that one bit of information to save my your word son, is my bond, baby. Son, and he can't do it. And he ends up thinking he's fast enough to save Jericho. His life, yes, but not his beautiful singing voice. Because we were told a couple of <laughs> times, he has such a beautiful singing well, voice. Well, wait. His one son, Grant, he was all like yes. idolized his father. Oh, he was all about war, guns, at guns all the stuff. He even went off to military school. And that's yeah, what happened he to was. him? He, he had to become the Ravager and become that's a That's what starts but this whole contract. This whole thing, though, where Jericho, he was more like, I don't even say his mother. Where did he go? He was not like his brother, Grant. He took on the arts. He likes painting and doing music and singing. And the painting part made me laugh because that was what he was doing in Convergence. Where he's, just, <laughs> he's painting the Lone Star he did that, that. Yeah, he's sitting there singing away. But the thing is, what you get here, I did get the idea that, and they say it, that Slade loved both of them. Yeah, he yeah. did still love Jericho. He just But he loved not. proving he was the best even but more. Like, and that is also a military guy from the beginning. He's not going to let up his contract because if he does say that, his life's done. He's no longer, nobody's going to trust him again. Though, it, poor Jericho, he ain't never going to sing again. And I love where he is sitting there. Jericho the is, is not talking. You did a joke off the mic the whole thing before we got recording. The idea that it was like that Simpsons thing where Homer had the voice of an angel in until he hit puberty right there at the recital. Like, Grandpa Simpson thought he was going to make a mint off his boy here. We were just lucky. I don't say we, but I guess the, you know, the Slades, Adeline, and uh, Slade here. I Slade, the Wilsons. <laughs> Slade and Adeline because Jericho, beautiful singing voice. Who knows what would have happened when he hit puberty? We'll never have to know now. I don't even, he could have ended up being the next Justin Bieber for crying out loud. Look at him. I know YouTube yet. He's playing on the deal. He's got the abilities. He's, I love it too. It's like, there's Slade outside with Grant. They're just shooting guns and there's old jericho he's playing the piano and singing singing songs he is but it says he liked them both. voice of his, an angel his beautiful singing over and so all of this though i love at the beginning where you have dick grayson he is so weirded out by jericho with those mutton chops the guy just keeps staring at me the art doesn't play me. out as well the art doesn't play out as well for me at that point because he's like he's looking at me like he detests me i'm looking at those eyes those are eyes of love <laughs> yeah i see them I'm, at least make the eyes squint a little I see that all hey. the time when i'm out and about look at that guy looking at me there's a rise to say i want to be staring and never speaking as if he disdains you those look like loving eyes he wants you to hug him well, we never i said love the dick was world's greatest detective no, that's true uh, uh, dick's like hey he's always leaping around you, here's the conclusion looking at buddy like i'm some sort of disease and then i don't like he's a mute you piece of shit <laughs> i mean really if you want to make dick grayson feel the bad best. and then dick grayson's probably like huh, huh. <laughs> and then later jericho's trying it's to use the reason that jericho's on the team he's just trying to make up for what he said earlier yeah and then later yeah really later on then you have dick who's still i think upset about it and then starts playing 
blame him Batman. Yeah, that Batman never taught me sign language, that piece of crap. No, He's no, the he bad tried guy. to teach him sign language. Dick didn't pay attention. He's a dick. And he ends up, so all this is going on, and you get, you know, Wintergreen, how Wintergreen said, you you almost get the idea that Adeline, you know, is a little jealous of Wintergreen, because Wintergreen makes Slade smile They'll have a bond I never understand. Yeah, they'll never understand. But through all of this is to wrap around, say, see, I told you the origin of Deathstroke. So oh, I, I must be on the up and head, up. and he dodged it with his yeah. quick speed and only took out his one eye, which yeah, I think so- she did him a favor because that Deathstroke costume with the plain orange mask it wasn't yeah. popping the way the half no, one does. It wasn't popping. The half pops a lot better. The idea, though, at the Thank end you, is see, we are good and on your side, Dick Grayson, because I told you she a told story. Me a story? Oh, really? You told us a story. All right. And basically, well, like Dick Grayson says and fl- flips out, the story you told me was you were in love with this asshole and married him. I mean, I still, but you know, it makes sense in his mind. She but I did make fun of this says, mute guy here with the mutton chop, so I yeah, better believe really. them now. He I don't want to say face. He's like, why did you waste my time doing this? My friends, they could be dead now. Wait a second while I run off and get a costume. He runs upstairs. Their name. Oh, this is this is great because what you're going to get sit on is my bed and it's have almost, contemplation time. And you know the who wear it best. Well, we're going to now have a who wear it worst because he goes up. He's thinking, all right, let me wrap my ankle. Let me do this. Let me get all these things. Let me get my disco Nightwing outfit on. Comes down. He's like, I am going to make such a entrance with this. This is going to be great. I know this looks real gaudy and ridiculous, but man, I'm going to show them. Comes down. Jericho is dressed in just as much a ridiculous outfit as him. Like, where did this guy get this pink armor and these boots? Jesus, he's like, you really stole my thunder there, Jericho. Jericho comes out looking like he's straight out of Gem World. I'm t- just the idea. Hey, guys, look at me. I got the pop. Aw, man, you got a cape and, and, and some armor and a big WWE belt. But, you but look Dick so cool. But can't say anything because you already acted like a jerk. Yeah, that's the problem. You can't one-up that, me. That's what it is. New guy. Jericho has now shown him. Says, you think you can look ridiculous? Well, look at me, buddy. Of course, he doesn't say that he sign languages, and that's just two middle fingers going up and down. It always is. <laughs> it's the sign language. And yeah, like- People are always oh. signing to me. And he's like, uh, because you get the whole deal, yeah. He, You get the thing. Okay, I want to have a costume and a name. The costume will be inspired by Batman. I don't know what Batman inspired this. The disco dance of Batman, the bat two the, the colors. And then says the name is inspired, obviously, by the Superman, the Kryptonian, uh, the Kryptonian hero, hero yeah. that he'd always hear. And he wants to, you know, basically base it on the two guys that he looked up to that What's inspired him the most. I do like this whole thing for the idea of thinking back. Not, not even just thinking back for when this came out. The idea that Robin's off. He's not Robin anymore. Huge deal. But coming up with a new name, a new costume. This is great getting to – once you see it, it looks ridiculous. I don't know how people took to it right away like this. But uh, the idea of him thinking to himself and the things that inspire him, what's going on in his life, like I really like this part a lot. It's just what, what do you have to reveal to the, the disco deep V nightwing costume, giant collar popped? What he says is there's more inspiration than just Batman and Superman as well because his parents. So you have yeah, – you know, it's skin tight. And then he thinks of Corey and he's like, well, Corey's always showing her boobs. So that's why the V. He's showing his boobies there. And so he comes his down. Boobies. Look at me. I'm nightwing. Hey. ah, Jericho. And Jericho. Now Jericho looks pissed. Now he looks like he's like, look at me, William Kett looking, you know, I am ready to rock. And yeah, you have them. And I actually thought, oh man, that's an awesome cliffhanger. It is not. You no. continue. And it kind of did throw me off. I wish that now it just Now let me tell you about there. Jericho and that he's a mutant and I hear yeah. the mutants pretty cool. 
Yeah, they are pretty cool. Especially That's the thing is, I guess point. we're not dealing with the metagene idea yet, so we have to do mutants because X-Men's going on at the same time. Yeah, and the reason why she says that he has these abilities where he can go and, in a non-sexy way or sexy way, get inside another Constantly. man. He ends anybody, up with a woman Jim, or anybody. anything, but... The thing, she's yelling, well, you know, that serum when I got pregnant. No, no, this is the meth that she was doing. She was smoking it up. She's doing Then why can't I do this? Well, that's because it doesn't work in real life. But she says that whole thing. You got to have eye-to-eye contact. You could do it, but you can't see the eyes across from you, Eric, so you can't make contact like Jericho. Yeah, that's true. And Jericho, his eyes got a little bit darker green. I don't know how to explain it. Contact. did. Still don't even see it very well in the art, except they are haunting eyes at that point especially with the mutton chops uh and yeah so he ends up going into dick grayson and pretty much in my mind ends with why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself it's the classic where you have that line now punch the dick grayson while you're inside make him punch Jericho. yourself Jericho doesn't, doesn't want to do, do this, it but he's he got to listen to his mama Yep, he does listen Mama's to his mama. Boy. And then all they need is the, why are you punching yourself? Why are you punching yourself? Because he does knock himself right on Tony, the ground. I'd be so angry about this whole thing. I wouldn't let him on the team just out of spite. No. And, and then he ends up giving him his hand, but he goes up and then Jericho. He needs your hand. Now he ends up being Buster in Arrested Development. He's very touchy. He's giving people back rubs. He's rubbing people's backs. Also, at one point, I think he wants to go up for the fist bump. You see that going on? One of yeah. the first ever. And uh, yeah, Jericho invented that shit. Yeah. And he's like, I think that I'd be proud to have you help, mutie. He's like, oh, you, you mean because he's a mutant? No, because he's a mutant. Yeah, that, hey, that works out, right? You got right? a mutant, huh? Well, That's we got aliens, meant. witches, shape changers, and cyborgs. Why not a mutant? Yeah, really. Just let him in. And they get in their, you know, rocket off they go. Uh, you have the smoking Time to save Adeline. the friends. <sighs> this is just what I wanted. She's all happy smoking it up. Uh, but yeah, that ends it with that. And it, it's, Mama it's okay. was having such a Nick fit. Thank God that story time's over. Thank God. I didn't want them to start questioning if I, I was want, smoking I want while I was to have that deep smoking voice. Oh, God. Thank oh, you, yeah. honey. Thank you. She does have that look of like Harvey Firestein's voice her, past her prime, like a uh, Hollywood star with that hair. And so I'm saying Susan Sarandon. Oh. Hey there, guys, let's go punch him there to Jericho's. <laughs> no, mommy, you can't talk. What's going on here? I signed it to you. <laughs> How are you telling me that you signed it to me? Because I'm We're signing, signing right now. I'm still signing there, Mama. Contact. Listen, I told you to call me Mama Kinney. You, I don't know. You gotta keep in touch with Mama Nonsense. Hey there, Jericho. You know what happened to your brother Grant? So yeah, you end with that, and they're gonna go off we to don't try talk to save. About that. <laughs> you shouldn't talk. You mute now. Sing to me with your sign language. Start signing the whole lot of love. You know, Mama loves that song. Who, <laughs> baby? I'm a dance. <laughs> oh no, I can't. I don't know the signs, Mommy. Oh uh, yes, there what you are we go. Doing? <laughs> Theater of the mind. Now make him punch himself Theater again. Of the sign. I. <laughs> I love seeing that Dick Grayson punching himself. It gets Mama off. That's why I need the cigarette. He likes the pain. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Mama. oh, Adeline, you smoking bitch. You end up with that at the end. They're going to go off to, you know, at this point, we All don't right, even know. Good. Are they going, are they the going up to grab the bodies? We're, we're going off to Hive to find the bodies because they took too long to get there. And really, when they get there, I just want them to say, like, 
Oh no, we are too late, Jericho signing. Yeah, we're about the amount of time that that mama of mine was telling the goddamn story. Or how You're long right. it took you to change into that ridiculous <laughs> outfit. Yeah, but you changed too there, Jericho. You shut your mouth. I was I, ready I, in I like never five my minutes. Mouth. You were up there for three hours. I'm going to end up going inside you and making you do things you regret. There's nothing I regret. Just like every girlfriend I've ever had. <laughs> the end. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, what would you <laughs> tell you at the time? This whole thing is a very crucial issue to everything you deal with being a fan of Teen Titans. But being here now in 2020, just looking for the Judas contract to get to the action, the meat of everything that we're dealing with, this slows everything down and just left me wanting more. Six out of ten. I'm gonna go six point five just to go one up you. But it is an important you issue. Like you, yeah, just the idea that you get Jericho, and and I'll tell you, back in the day, art, all oh, that oh, aside, because oh, oh. I love the art. I, I just I, looked at my notes. Six point five out of ten. Okay. I was wrong. So we're like even. I said, Seven. I go where I love to see Jericho going into Dick's People. body, yeah, yeah. and it, it, to me, it, it reminds me, me you'd, you'd see the you'd hear you'd hear the bionic sounds. Oh yeah, definitely going in there, and then he's in there. I feel kind of weird. He's like a marionette. Yeah, you know what I mean. Then all of a sudden, he's walking in front of a mirror. He's unzipping that new outfit. All that. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the thing is, I would Seven do out this. Of That's the worst part about Jericho's powers where, like, you know, the people, they don't have control of their bodies, but they can still think and talk and stuff like that. I would just be playing Quantum Leap the entire time where I go into their body and just be in front of the mirror. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. And, and I don't I get just, to talk. I'm telling you, Jericho comes in the room, you shut your eyes. That's all you do. To oh, yeah. Shut all your the time. Eyes. It's the window to your soul. And Especially also, when he becomes a bad entrance. guy years later. Damn right. You just shut your eyes. But yeah, I'm going to go 6-5. I'm not going to pretend. Go to sleep. Close your eyes. And then I'm going to make you punch yourself. You like that, right, dear buddies? That's the new Jericho voice. Look, uh, I think keep your me. eyes open, you're punching yourself, you close your eyes, and he's punching the face. And then Dick Grayson's like, listen, can I do the same to you so I can shave those mutton chops? They are really bothering me. I mean, I don't know what decade you think we're in there, buddy. Ah, but that's that. We're going to go off now for a little break, and then we'll be back with uh, some more books. Sup, Weird Science? This is Batman Beyond Mark, and I'm here to bring you a throwback review to uh, a very special issue of Batman Beyond from a previous run, specifically the original Batgirl Beyond issue. Now, if you want to find this issue to read it for yourself or read along with the review, whatever you want, it's a little confusing. And at some point in the future, maybe I'll get into why this, the numbering system of Batman Beyond is so confusing. But if you want to find this issue in uh, to read it in print, uh, it was a digital first issue that was collected into uh, a physical publication. Um, and that physical publication is Batman Beyond Unlimited, number 18, cover date, September 2013. Now, if you want to read it on the DC Universe app or somewhere else online, uh, it is Batman Beyond the 2012 run, uh, issues 27, 28, and 29 from July 13th, 20th, and 27th of 2013. Uh, before we jump into the, re- the review proper, though, uh, this issue is directly responsible for me being involved with weird science DC comics at all. So it was either late September or the very beginning of October of 2013. I went to my local card store or like trading card store and they had recently started carrying comics in the last couple months. And and I'm walking by because the comics at that point were, were right near the entrance. And I I see what looks like a, like a, is that a Batman beyond? Is that a Batgirl on it? What? So uh, I flipped through it. I, I decided to buy it. I was like, this is pretty good. Um, and I read it once or twice, and then, you know, a couple weeks later, I was like, huh, 
I I wonder if this is a series that's ongoing. And I, I looked it up and I was like, oh no, oh no, this there there's no other ones with this character. That's a shame. But wait, there's this there's this Batman Beyond 2.0 that's that started coming out. Huh? I wonder wonder if it's any good. And I looked up reviews for it. And so this had been in the middle of October at that point of that year. And and lo and behold, I find this site that that has a review of of issue five of Batman Beyond 2.0. Written by one Jim Werner. And at the point, I wasn't in the best financial place. So I basically read the comic through reading the reviews. And then that's that's how I got started. Like, following weird science. And then if you follow the podcast long enough, you know how that went. And now here I am. But yes. So, Batman Beyond 27, 28, and 29. Or Batman Beyond Unlimited, uh, number 18. Uh, written by Scott Peterson. Artist Annie Wu. Colorist, Andrew Elder. Letterer, uh, Saide uh, Timofante. Oh, I just butchered that first name. Whatever. Um, and then the cover art is also by Annie Wu. And uh, the cover art is, is brilliant, and I love it. So, what it is, it's, uh, it's you, have, you have monitors all around. Some of them have, have Batman, uh, Beyond Adams, some have Barbara Gordon, or Police Commissioner Barbara Gordon. And then you have uh, our Batgirl, Beyond, with two screaming sticks. As she's standing over the, the mangled corpses of a bunch of robots. Now, uh, so we jump right in. Uh, <laughs> kind of literally, as Barbara Gordon has just jumped off of, like, a bridge. Not a bridge. Um, an overpass. And there's an explosion behind her. And uh, it starts with internal narration from her saying, uh, Rolling through Crown Point again. Fourth night in a row. First night that somebody's blown up my squad car, though. And we see that it is her squad car that's exploded. Um, and as she's coming in for a landing, she lands right on top of a guy, feet first, just slamming him into the ground. And uh, there's a riot going on. And there's this just this like, teenager that's just being, like, attacked by this guy that she's landing on. Um, and she thinks to herself, like, things uh, things have always been tough in Crown Point. And she's like, hey, kid, as she's landing on the, the guy attacking, run. And she continues her narration, uh, but not full-scale riots, though. And we see it, it is really bad. And just next panel, we just see fires everywhere. Just literally just mobs of people just beating each other up senselessly. And she continues with her narration. Uh, uh, this is new and bad. If people aren't careful, someone might get hurt. Uh, and we see that Garden is just, she's basically picked like a, a spot of ground and has declared this her ground. And it just, she is just beating up just groups of people who are mobbing her. And she's like, uh called for backup five minutes ago odds aren't good uh but if i can just and we see she's just taking people to town it's like hold on but it's a numbers game and she starts getting overwhelmed um she starts taking a couple hits here a couple hits there and it, it starts adding up and she's like just a few more well dang and she's just laying on the ground at this point having just you know gotten uppercutted in the chin and then kicked right in the stomach as she went down and we see kind of like a a bat logo in the background it's it's like foreshadowing something and it's and she's like dang uh not the way i wanted to go still haven't and then she looks up and she's like the heck as we see a bat girl just jumping in with two screaming sticks in hand um she lands kind of in the mob uh, <laughs> she lands in the mob like right on somebody's head flips off of him and then just slams into another guy um and then she she kicks one of the big guys who's attacking gordon and gordon this time is like she's she's and then Missa kind of stops and is like, like, well, are, are you going to get up and help or what? Which tells me that this Batgirl absolutely saw how just Gordon was going to town on them. And then Gordon thinks to herself, she's not bad. 
And now we have a really cool shot of Gordon and this Batgirl back to back. And we get a really good look at uh, a Batgirl, at least in the story. We saw got a good look of her on the cover. And she's black. Um, and then uh, Gordon uh, and Batgirl just start going to town on all these guys who have like crates and baseball bats and a katana um, and stuff. And they're just like, and Gordon, as they're fighting, Gordon's thinking, she's fearless. Or she's fast. Seems fearless. And after a few seconds, I realize I'm not bothering to watch my back. Meaning that, you know, they're working so well as a team that it's like, oh, no, we have each other covered. And then Gordon's just like, huh. And then Batgirl is like, hey, uh, you got something on your lip. And Gordon's like, huh? Wipes her lip, realizing there's blood there. And Gordon's like, you too. And Batgirl's like, huh. All right. Uh, at this point, Batgirl jumps up on, uh, I guess it's like a garbage container? Yeah, like a big garbage container. Because um, there's a there's a ladder next to it to, to go up one of the buildings. And Gordon's like, thanks for, uh, thanks for, hey, wait a second, I've got a few questions. And this is just kind of turns to her and is like, oh, I spelled the name there. Um, Batgirl turns to her and is like, like what? Gordon's like, like what? Like, how about who are you? And I love this because Batgirl just kind of sarcastically looks down and in- indicating like her, her like chest logo, which also kind of forms into like shoulder armor. And it's like, really? Uh, the bat on the costume isn't the tip off? I was sh- so sure it was obvious. Um, and Gordon's just like, uh, yeah, that's funny. How about, and Batgirl's like, Commissioner, look, I-, I know you must, uh, I know you must know I'm not going to, and Gordon's just like, you know who I am? And just, <sighs> this part has always felt a little bit weird, because she is the police commissioner of Neo-Gotham, but yeah, whatever. Uh, and this is, uh, keep screwing it up. Uh, Batgirl is like, of course I do. Neo-Gotham City Police Commissioner Barbara Gordon, daughter of James Gordon, noble protector of Neo-Gotham. Well, part of Neoga. And I love Gordon's reaction here. She's like, what's that supposed to mean? Batgirl responds like, it means the police make sure the rich areas of the city are always taken care of and the rest of us have to fend for ourselves. At this point, Gordon's like a little offended by this. And she's like, in case you haven't noticed, I'm right here. And Batgirl points out like, yeah, tonight. But how many nights uh, now has Crown Point been like this? Sure, it's always been bad. But for three weeks now, it's been practically a war zone. Gordon responds, I know, this is the fourth time this week I've been in Crown Point. Just because you didn't see me, and just back all stops, there's like, nobody saw you. Nobody saw just about any police. We're on our own here. Uh, we get it. We're under attack, and no one's coming to our rescue. At this point, Gordon is just kind of a little flabbergasted. He's like, you're, you're under attack? From whom? Listen, you're not under attack. You're caught in the middle of a gang war, yes, and, and that's awful. But we're doing the best that we we can to, and then just back row cuts her off and he's like that's not what this is gordon's like okay like all right well then do tell this responds someone's poisonous and even gordon's just like come on i don't i don't what and she, she's like you think somebody's poisoning an entire neighborhood of neo goth back row responds like like they couldn't get away with it see even you won't take the idea seriously crown point has always been rough yes but over the past month uh the people here have gotten nuts old ladies little kids entire neighborhoods suddenly acting insane how do you explain that? Gordon just kind of admits she's tried and she can't. So she asks Nissa, like, so how do you think they're doing? I said Nissa again. Uh, ask Batgirl, how do you think you're doing it? And Batgirl, he responds, like, I think somebody's, it, somebody's doing something in the water. And Gordon just kind of responds, like, the water. Okay. And why? At this point, Batgirl's like, because they don't like us. Because they can't, I don't know. At this point, we see one of the, the thugs that had one of the, the bats that was wrapped in barbed wire get up. And Batgirl just casually punches him in the side of the head, knocking him back up. And she's she's like, do I look like a detective to you? 
Um, do I look like a detective to you? Then I flipped too many pages. Uh, at this point, she takes out one of her screamer sticks, which, from what it looks like, was kind of stored in her, like, a pouch, like, a sleeve in her forearm. She kind of extends it out, or she kind of, like, uh, launches it out, catches it, um, and then uses, like, a grappling hook in it to grapple away as good old bats do um and she says uh, i gotta go there's a lot of people in crown point who need help at this point we see a couple police cars pulling up and his uh back row flies or swings away she's like and since no one else cares at this point we see a detective a police detective get out and be like commissioner gordon we didn't know you were we would have gotten here sooner if we'd at this point gordon just kind of turns with a look of like <sighs> like contempt and disgust on her face at the detectives that she's just and like officers she's just turned to and just the one of the officers like commissioner is something wrong and that is where issue uh 27 of the the digital version ends then we get to the next page and the uh the trade or the the print version where 28 begins and we're in a more uh and we have a mortician that is talking and it's you've been warned uh commissioner you think by now you'd know not to look too deeply in the secrets. Uh, the secrets of the dead. At this point, Gordon is like, Kelly? And the, the you know, Dr. Mortician replies, ma'am? Gordon's just like, you're an idiot. Kelly responds, yes, ma'am. So I've been told. And Gordon's thinking to himself, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, at this point, the, uh, the mortician, Kelly, is like, yeah, you were right as usual, Commissioner. This guy had some serious, uh, had something serious going uh, through his system when he died. And Gordon's like, thanks to herself. Dang it. I hate being right. Um, and uh, the mortician continues like, um, you know, they still need to do some more tests, but it does look a lot like um, it looks like a lot of the other bodies coming in from Crown Point over the past few weeks had the same substance in their system. Uh, as Gordon leaves, the, the mortician uh, continues uh, like nasty stuff, too, seems to affect the uh, lateral ob uh, frontal cortex. Uh Nasty stuff, too. It seems to affect the lateral orofrontal cortex. Uh, and I don't know if it's related, but their serotonin levels are insanely low. Never seen anything uh, like it before, have you? And then we jump into a, uh, like a two-page flashback of, of Barbara thinking about um, a fight she had with Bane back when she was Batgirl. Um, and somebody's trying to talk to her during this. Is like, Commissioner? Uh, Commissioner, as we see her fighting Bane, she kicks Bane in the face. She manages to get around Bane, like, to try to grab, um, like, to pull out the, the venom tube in his head. But Bane manages to grab her, slam her into wall, and is over her. And then that's when she kind of snaps out of her, you know, reminiscing or, or thinking back. Reminiscing's not the right word. Like, thinking back on this. And it's just, uh, it's the standard officer. He's like, uh, Commissioner Gordon? And Gordon's like, hmm? And the officer's like, uh, she says, like, are, are you okay, Commissioner? You've been, you know, just standing here for five minutes. And Gordon's like, I'm fine. Do you have a vehicle? The officer responds, uh, yes, ma'am. I was just about to. And Gordon's like, uh, don't care. I'm taking it. And the officer's like, but, but, yes, ma'am. And then we cut over to a, uh, a, a company, uh, company's building. And on the, the marquee, it says the, uh, Roake, uh, the Roake Corp. Um, at this point, Gordon is, uh, we see that somebody has, is talking to Gordon. It's like, Commissioner Gordon, uh, what an unexpected delight. And Gordon responds, Mr. Uh, Wesley Smythe, uh, thank you for seeing me on such short notice. Uh, and we see this, it's a big, it's a giant office with, with a, like a big Atlas statue, like Atlas carrying the world, uh, just a big desk with a big half circle around it. And there's a lot of imagery here where it's, it's very much, this person's all powerful. This person's untouchable as it's meant to represent like a halo kind of uh, artistic halo effect. It, it, it's supposed to be this person has all the power is what this office tells you. 
And uh, this Mr. Wesley Smythe is like, uh, please, my door's always open for Neo Gotham's top cop. What can I do for you? Gordon responds, uh, you're aware of the troubles of Crown Point because uh, the, the guy's like, of course, just terrible. Uh, places a jungle, constant fighting, naturally. I've never been there myself, but I get reports. And Gordon's like, funny, uh, I got a report today. It said that an oddly large percentage of Crown Point's population have some unusual and even unnatural substances in their system. Uh, it's affecting the area of their brain that deals with anger, meaning they're angry all of the time. Uh, but that's not all. It's, it's also increased muscle growth at an exponential rate. Essentially, it's a super steroid. And, and this guy responds, like, fascinating. I'm sorry to hear that those less fortunate in our society try to cut corners, but what does that have to do with me? And Gordon's like, fair enough, good question. Here's the thing. The people of Crown Point haven't been taking any unusual drugs. Uh, not intentionally, that is. There's nothing on the street right now that would have anything like this kind of effect. And just kind of like casually like, hmm. Uh, this Mr. Wesley, Wesley Smythe kind of like tilts his head. He's like, ah, oh, let me guess, something in the water. Gordon, Gordon's like, mm, no, looked into that. Uh, the water's the same as anywhere else in uh, the city. Uh, but there's one un other unusual thing about the area. It has by far the largest concentration of fast food restaurants owned by the Roy uh, Cop er, Corporation. Uh, and uh, Lake also owns almost all of the grocery stores in Crown Point. And, and I was surprised to learn, uh, just took over the supply, or took over supplying the school cafeterias, but only in Crown Point. And, and Mr. Wesley Smythe responds, well, uh, we got, we go where the money is. And at this point, it's just a lot of positioning, like the artist, it, it's nice. It's, it's them in different, you know, just different angles of them sitting around this table, um, but constantly moving around to show who has the upper hand in the conversation. And it, it, it's a nice touch. Um, and Gordon continues like, uh, that would make sense, except the profit margins on grocery stores in the area are the lowest in the state uh, due to budget cuts. The same goes for the schools. Uh, in our executive response, like, so now it's our fault for caring about our citizens. And Gordon's just like, no, she's, she's not having any of this. Like, please, the next non-selfish thing you do will be your first. What's in the food uh, you're sending to Crown Point? What are you doing to my city? At this point, the guy, Mr. Wesley Smythe, gets up, slams his hand to the deck. He has this evil, upset, frustrated look on his face um, as he's in the art towering over Gordon. He's like, I don't care about your city. I'm trying to save mine. Crown Point is a sewer. The people there are vermin. The sooner they're gone, the better. And then he gets a, a smug, cocky, like, suave look on his face, and he's like, so if hypothetically a concerned businessman decided to speed up the process a bit, it's uh, merely doing them a favor, ultimately. Uh, and if in the meantime there's money to be made in it, uh, and entertainment value as well, where's the harm? At this point, Gordon stands as well, and he's like, you think I'm gonna let you get away with turning Crown Point into a Darwin th or D Darwinian Thunderdome? Uh, and, and Wesley Smythe is like, Commissioner, please don't embarrass yourself. I was just speaking hypothetically, because that's never a thing that evil people do. He continues, uh, and you must know that our attorneys are the finest in the country. The fact that we own the top-rated news network doesn't hurt either. There's nothing you can do. Gordon proceeds to just storm out with like, you keep thinking, you keep thinking, or uh, you keep on thinking that. Uh, and Gordon's thinking to herself, the day I believe that is the day I retire. She gets outside the building, still thinking to herself, uh, running, uh, running through my options. Uh, I haven't been this angry in some time, but not so angry. I forget my surroundings. We see her kind of turning and looking up at a man in a suit and goggles, just 
towering over her. And she thinks, he's big. Uh, stands like he knows what he's doing. Stands like he, know, he knows what he's doing. The guy responds, ma'am. And then she looks around and is like, so do they. And we see that there's now three other guys. Uh, and then the next panel, we even see a fifth one. So it's like a total of five guys, just giant security officers standing around her. Uh, and one of them's like, uh, if you'd come with us, please. And Gordon's like, are you out of your minds? You're, you're going to strong arm the commissioner of the police on the streets. Uh, and she thinks, uh, they can squash me like a bug. And she's just kind of very cocky, very casual, just kind of extends her arms like she's talking to them. And she's like, uh, looks like what's this mites, uh, big talk may have just been that. At least he had the sense to send five of you. Um, and then she's thinking like, oh, they can squash me like a bug. Or so they think. It's like, too bad. Uh, that won't be enough. And she starts this. And it's great. She starts with a very, uh, efficient and quick palm heel strike right to the the first guy that she was uh that talked to hers uh knows and he goes down um and she starts thinking uh i'm not ready to go just yet two of them grab her like one around each arm and she thinks uh they uh they have or they've had training uh know how to work as a team but we see she kind of she swings back around or she swings uh she uses the fact that they're grabbing her to kind of swing up kicking both of them in the face now she's vertical. Um, and then another one grabs her by the head. Um, and she's, you know, she's like, oh, they, they're, they know how to work with team. That's key. Um, and this one has pulled the gun out. So at this point, she's dropped three of them. Um, and the guy, the guy who grabs her head and pulls up the gun is like, oh, I, I don't want to do this. I really don't. It's funny. You know, I, I always admired you. Big fan of your father, too. I wanted to be a cop when I was a kid, but, you know, life doesn't always work out how you'd hope. And now, well, a job's a job. I got a wife and kids and bills to pay. I, 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 you know, this sucks, but you got to do what it, it is what it is. Uh, so anyways, uh, you know how it goes. Sorry. Uh, and he's, at this point, he's he has the gun, like, right on her head. And that's where, uh, for the digital version, uh, issue 28 ends. And then we pick up where issue 29 begins, which is with uh, Batgirl, Beyond, just, like... <laughs> Like Superman punching in, like just just diving in, fists first, hitting both of the the two big guys that are still up, including the one with the gun. Uh, at the same time that this happens, Gordon has uh, shifted over into a sweep of the guy with the gun's legs, so he is just toppling. He's just toppling, and Batgirl is like, "You do know uh, this isn't what uh, what's meant by per- police brutality, yes?" And it's just she's trying to be cute about this. And at this point, there's just the five guys just knocked out around uh, the ground around him. Um, and Batgirl's like, aren't you tired of me saving you? Uh, at this point, we see a bunch of other security guys in similar dress running out of the building with intention to get them. Uh, we also see kind of more of how Batgirl has the scream sticks in her uh, forearms as we see her uh, ejecting them and then grabbing onto them to use. Uh, and Gordon says, uh, not yet, I'm not. And it looks like uh, our evening's not quite over. Uh, and then we, we get a fight and we get to see Batgirl in action. We get to see like uh, her scream sticks can even... You know, there's like little projectiles that they can shoot out. And Gordon's thinking like, she's not just fast. Uh, she makes the most out of every, uh, out of each movement. Uh, make sure each one counts. And we see her just going to town. And we see that she is very, very good with her, with the sticks. She has great form, uh, especially in, uh, there's a scene where she's, she's both blocking, like from behind, uh, a guy's attacking from behind. She's, she blocked one of his hands with one of the sticks and then bashed him on the head with the other while she's looking away. And it, it's it's really good. Uh, and Gordon is like acting without hesitation or mercy. Oh, she's so young, and we we see Gordon observing this as as Gordon herself is is just elbow smashing in in the nose another one of the other thugs. And I just I love how casually she's just taking this. She's just like, huh? 
Like, okay, she's pretty good. As she's just casually fighting several men just that are absolutely huge. It, it's it's hilarious. It's great. And it's satisfying. And at this point, the police start showing up, or other police start showing up. And, and Gordon's like, stay here. Kind of ushering Batgirl behind, uh, behind like, in, into an alley. And Batgirl does the whole, bring the cape around my face thing. Like, that somehow makes you more invisible. Uh, at this point, when the officer, one of the officers get out, or the officer gets out of the, uh, the squad car and is like, Commissioner Gordon, uh, we've got the warrant. And Gordon's like, nice timing. Let's go. At this point, she storms back into, uh, Mr. Wesley Smythe's office. Uh, warrant in hand, the, the officer with gun in hand. And she's like, uh, Randolph Wesley Smythe, I have a warrant here allowing me to search uh, this building and your computer. Uh, we can do this the easy way, or, and at this point, he's just, he's gone full, like, crazy bad guy to the point where it's, it's almost questionable. It's like, have you been taking the product that, that you've been, that you've been selling? Because you, you seem very angry, though this could just be a villain breakdown, and you seem very muscular all of a sudden. He's just like, what? Are you insane? And he just backhands the police officer trying to c- come up to him. Uh, uh, he's like, uh, how dare you? And he just grabs Gordon by the neck and just slams her on the ground and is like, attack me in my office. And at this point, Gordon's like, so I guess it's the hard way. And she's kind of bringing herself, picking herself up. And she's like, get him. At this point, Batgirl, it just appears and is like, hey, stop in the name of the law and all of that. And we get this great, this great scene of just Wesley Smythe bringing his hand up and it looks huge because of the, the foreshortening to show he's the big strong one and she's the, the little weak one. He's like, uh, get out of my way, you insignificant piece of gutter trash or all. And at this point, and this is great, she's just casually taking out one of her screaming sticks. Uh, and apparently has a taser function and just like touches it to him and he starts getting electrocuted. You see the, the electricity going through him and he's like, Urgh. uh, and just back. I was like, whatever. Uh, and Mr. Wesley Smythe, he falls back and he hits the Atlas statue. Um, he, he hits the globe part of it and then the globe just kind of like fall casually falls on him. He's like, Urgh. Uh, and, and just back, I was just kind of standing there casually like, I, I know that's not the technical definition of any, but, uh, you know, I'll take it. And then we cut to, uh, later, uh, that evening, um, standing on a rooftop opposite the, opposite the, uh, Ro- or Roac Corporation building. She's like, so good guys, or back, was like, so good guys win. And Gordon's like, mm, maybe a little bit for now. The back girl's like, Wesley Smith really cleans your clock, huh? Gordon's like, it seems that way. And then just not really believing it. Batgirl says, like, uh, I guess he was even tougher than he looked, huh? I mean, he was a, uh, he was big and clearly crazy, but in the past 24 hours, I've seen you take down a dozen guys his size. Uh, funny that, uh, you barely, uh, you barely ordered any backup. And Gordon's like, seems that way. And I like this panel because we see Batgirl in silhouette, um, just in the silhouette. We see, we see her eyes and then we see the yellow that's on her costume, but the rest of it is just kind of like mm, slightly opaque into the background and it looks so, uh, and Batgirl continues, like, yeah, you knew I was there. And Gordon's like, I had a hunch. And Batgirl's like, and you let him get away. You were testing me. And then, like, unamused, kind of lip up, she kind of just turns and cocks her head at Gordon's like, look, don't take this the wrong way or anything, but you're, you're really weird. And Gordon's like, uh, is there, is there a right way to take that? And Batgirl just kind of continues, like, I, I just mean that, that you're not like any cop I've ever met, and I've met a lot. And Gordon's just amused by this. He's like, you're right. I'm not. Remember that. Besides, I owed you. I thought you might like to be the one to take down Wesley Sm- to take Wesley Smith down. And Eric was just kind of like, ah, whatever. Like, oh, thanks. But no, not really. Uh, as long as he was taken down, I, I don't really care who did it. 
And Gordon at this point is, is looking at a, like a, she's been kind of like looking at a data pad and then there's like a projection coming off of it now. And she's like, interesting, Wesley Smythe's uh, uh, bail was, was set to $25 million and it's already been posted by several of his business rivals. At this point, Batgirl's like grimacing. She's she's not happy about this. And it's like, why would they do that? Uh, wouldn't they be pleased to have him out of commission unless... Unless this goes even deeper than one rogue businessman. God, do you ever feel like it it never ends? Like, no matter what you do, the deck is so stacked against you, you don't have a chance. And Scorn shrugs, and he's like, sometimes, and just Batgirl's just like, oh, yeah, well, tomorrow's another night, right? Uh, and then at this point, Batgirl, uh, oh no, at this point, Gordon turns away, and Batgirl says, uh, you know, you could use someone on the street. Someone who did stuff you never could. We do make a pretty good team, and, and you kind of approve of don't you and gordon's like no i don't but maybe i understand it a little okay here's the deal i'm not gonna sanction your activities but i might be too busy to stop them for a little while at least provided you stay on the right side i don't think i need to explain what that means do i it's like uh you step over uh and i'll have no choice but to take you down and just back i was kind of cocked like well you'll try and gordon's like don't fool your uh don't kid yourself you're very, very smart and very talented for a 15-year-old. But you're still a 15-year-old. And I, I love this panel because just Batgirl, she's she's sent out a grapple to swing off. She just kind of has her hand kind of in like a swooshing motion. And it is a head tilted kind of cocky towards Gordon's like, nice guess. Look, no offense. You're really good for an old lady and all. Uh, you are. But I mean, you know. And she swings off and Gordon's like, yes, I do. And then we get to the last page of the comic, which I just adore. So it, we're in... Uh, Batgirl's school like during a school day and she's going to her locker and so you see some of the other people around her talking and she sees a note in her locker and then she comes out and we get a good look at her and she's like okay I'm impressed and we see that Barbara Gordon just casually leaning back on a squad car and she's like not even gonna try to deny it this is outside the school and Batgirl is like what's what's the point uh we're both busy let's just cut to the chase what now and then Gordon's like now Nissa and we've never gotten a last name for Nissa now Nissa uh, you listen when I say you'll stay on the right side of the line, and you believe me when I tell you I can and will take you down if you cross it. And this is like, okay, okay. And I was wrong. You're really good. And not just for an old lady, but I was also right. You're weird. And she kind of just walks off cocky. And this is just kind of walks off caught with a cocky smirk on her face. And Gordon's like, yeah, I guess I am. Uh, and coming from someone who dresses up like a bat, and then Gordon thinks to herself, maybe we will make a pretty good team. And it says, the end question mark? And unfortunately, that is the end. I wish it wasn't. I really wish that we had gotten another couple issues and this hadn't just been, you know, the end of the run. Uh, because uh, Scott Peterson and Annie Wu were not the main uh, writer and artist for this entire run. They were, they just did this kind of last little arc or issue, depending on how you're looking at that. Um, but it was effectively a one-off. Uh, and it's sad because I would love this team on an actual book. Uh, they were, it's so good. If I was to, I'm not going to write the individual digital issues, but re is, is a whole story. I would have to give it probably a, like a nine five. There are a couple little hiccups in it, but overall it is absolutely fantastic. Like one issue and I've fallen in the, I, I love the character of Nyssa. I wish we got more from her. We got one issue. Um, uh, we got one issue 
from her uh, in this current run of Batman Beyond. Um, and she's just one issue, hasn't come back, which is a shame. Her characterization is not quite as fun or as good as in the original one, but it was still fine, and I, I missed the character. Uh, so that's it. As I said, that's it. Um, I guess I'll touch quickly on why it's... I said it was a little confusing, so Batman Beyond's just trying to understand what the volume numbering is weird as from, depending on which official source you look at, it will tell you something different. The, the DC wiki is different. Some of like the, the books that are like, these are what are in what run. Those are different. Like, I mean, this particular issue could be part of, depending on your counting, volume four, volume five, digital volume one, Batman Beyond Unlimited volume one. It, it's all crazy. Personally, I consider this volume five. But yeah, that's it. Thank you all for joining joining me uh, with this this fun look back at a great issue. Uh, hopefully next month or later this month or whenever they get the books back out, we'll be jumping right into the current arc of Batman Beyond, like the, the actual one. Uh, but if not, if this keeps going on, maybe we'll take a look back at a night of 10,000 Jokers. Who knows? Anyways, thank you all for joining me and back to the podcast. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself And he really thinks that tear is terrible Looking for a star screen Or maybe a hot cap Spends all his money buying all that crap Well that's just Eric Shea And Eric Shea is here with me still To talk right. some more books And here we're going to start with The Flash Rebirth number Four, and that is is it four or three? Three, three, and We're on the third is, week of yes, this. Yes, and this is a written by Jeff Johns, pencils by Ethan Skyver, inks by Ethan Skyver, colors by Brian Miller, and letters by Rob Lee. Barry Allen's the Black Flash, and instead of really dealing a lot with that, they separate and contain him to figure shit out. In the end, though, Barry tries to make things right by jumping back in head first and figures that if he can just remember Iris's name, it'll be all right. But in the end, it's seems like he should not only remember the reverse flash but get to meet him again all over again and see what the heck they can do i didn't like this issue i was bored i was bored through the whole thing i thought that this was just a setup issue through and through and pretty much just barry sitting there thinking about his life and everything that happened you get a bunch of characters that jump in because they have been affected by this craziness of the speed like jesse force. quick yeah but still i just you said you liked it so i'm gonna let you talk about it because i really don't have anything to say about it I was bored through the whole deal I, I didn't think you got any progression at all i was worried i thought they were going to do more with the black flash stuff see what goes on but yeah, that pretty was much- a bit of a disappointment the idea that we have him in the black flash costume and that's when he starts running even though he like you know we have to get him out of the containment cell that's keeping him away from everybody so he doesn't go black flash and kill all the speedsters around him because it's like it's once them it's like you know urging him on that i need that power he's become a dracula's essentially through all the speedsters it seems like but as soon as he gets out of this containment shell realizes that he's around him starts running i gotta plunge myself back into the speed force so long suckers just get regular flash costume again yeah and and when he has been throughout all this he's come back he doesn't think it's right he doesn't understand why this should work now from the get-go and now you throw in the black flash stuff and in his mind the reason and i think that yeah and the the thing about it is everybody wants to try to figure this out he's figured it out already it seems like he figured out two issues ago he just has to go back into the speed force he shouldn't be here in his mind and so he's just gonna go and the whole deal of it being once you go into the speed force, it is like, you know, some 
a lot of religions idea of what heaven is where you end up learning the mysteries of all life but you don't end up having your own individuality you just become one with the greater the good and things like that and i never liked that idea either which Me he either. seems to not like it so he I'm thinks he's gonna well he thinks he's gonna trick it by if only i just remember well, iris's name it's, it's one of those weird ideas it's almost a play on what we deal with you know from jeff johns later on and rebirth and different things where people need to and remember even the these people's names but even though like but i need to remember iris's name so i can remember who i am but it's and later on it becomes people coming out of the speed force in order for that to happen you have to remember their names yeah. and that's what happened to jay garrick and the button when he was coming out just you know my name just say it say it and barry's like old man. i don't know who yous are <laughs> he goes back in so there are some things that when you look at it through that and what we got with the rebirth and the button things like that it is interesting enough especially you end up having wally say you know Linda's my lightning rod. And then that Boom. actually, when that happens, you're like, ooh, Buzz she's phrase. not going to be later. <laughs> ain't going to be later. But, and so I like that. But overall, I just thought this was just, okay, let's get some more things set up. And then at the end, you get a pretty cool cliffhanger. You start off pretty cool, too, because Abracadabra gets killed. So you're like, oh, my. They're By really that mysterious going. villain who's behind this whole thing that we don't know about yet. Which Reverse we find flash. Yeah, we find out at the end, too, because he's holding, he's holding that staff. And, uh, yeah, so you have Jesse Quick in here. It's just to get everybody to yes, me yeah, on board. We got board. this whole thing. We got everybody who's been affected at this point by, you know, the static that's going on through the Speed Force when Barry was touching people last time. Sent that shrill throughout, causing everybody to have a panic attack with the speed. But now we have Jesse Quick remembering the idea that she is, you know, taking on more than her mother's role of Liberty Bell and kind of forsaking her father in her mind. You know, the original Johnny Quick, not that crime syndicate version, but the hero version. And when she's thinking about this whole thing, she's in Interrupted by her jerk off father coming out of the speed force because this lightning bolt comes out, blows up the statues of her mother and father, and just rips a hole in the speed force, telling Jesse, You got to watch out, you know, like I love you and stuff like and that. And here's the deal it's actually not even just that, it's him talking to Barry in the speed force yes. later. You know, my daughter, Barry, make sure you, you know, don't don't let her get hurt. And so, yeah, she's even that, like, and, and tell her I love her. It's like one of those, like, she's peeking in. To see, because the whole time here, it is Dr. Midnight and, you know, some things like, hey, uh, what's going on here? They have these statues here of my mom and dad, and they were divorced. They didn't man. like our hour. Yeah, I'm saying I, I, for some reason, he was talking about Dr. Midnight, but they have those. Kind uh, of like Dr. Midnight at they, first they end up having those statues, and she's like, this doesn't make sense. It's all catch up. It's so that you know who she is, who she's related to, so that you then can go off to her dad. Things You're like welcome. that. And, and again, it, to me, the it's not progressing any story at all it's just getting you up to speed and on board and that's why i was bored i wasn't just on board i was bored i wanted to see stuff with the you know you the whole more black Jesse flash Quick in your life. i needed a little bit bit more of reverse flash so you start off the this issue and then end pretty cool in the middle you're just kind of, you know, treading water. They end up putting Barry in this containment thing right. where they're going to come and talk to him. Of, and this is always going to be one of my gripes about, you know, the Flash and Speedsters in general because the Speed Force, it's it's all nonsense when you get down to it. So we have this idea that we have him in this weird containment cell that has all these like kind of like uh, towers around him. You know, it's going to hone into a uh, like a frequency that goes on beyond the multiverse, so it can go to the Speed Force and suck the Speed Force. Like the techno babble that we get here. I'm like, 
can you just say something really simple? Like, you know, talk to like somebody who is like a layman here where you don't have to explain this whole thing because it always just comes off sounding like nonsense whenever you have to do anything to explain the speed force. Yeah, in my even mind. later when you're going to get the, uh, you know, the formula X plus two right, plus I, five I like that. plus <laughs> that Barry fun plus Barry equals mind. like Barry. He, he's the given. Uh, but yeah, so when he's in this, you know, containment deal and just standing there, you have kind of the black flash stuff going around and he's it's roll call. It's there's Wally. Oh, wait, here's Jay, Jay Garrett. Garrett he's a, hey, there's Bart. Here. And, and then in the meantime, you also add Jesse in that beginning, but they just show up. Hey, oh, wait a minute. There's Iris. Hey, Iris. You know, all of this to say, hey, there's Bart. I'm his grandmother. He's from the future. All it is is to get us on board, but it's already three issues But in. the whole thing is at this point, the idea of you know knowing what we have at the end where he does want to go into the speed force and things get all messed up because of reverse flash, but the idea that he's going to go in and Wally telling him about the idea of a lightning rod. Look, I've gone beyond anything I've ever supposed to do. It was my understanding of my like of Linda that brought me back. She is my lightning rod. So always remember. So this is setting up a big deal for the idea of like getting back out of the speed force. Track. And, and so what he ends up there, he's remembering his past. He's remembering his past with Iris. She ends up on that first date after he becomes like. I'm telling you, I am. So, this is the one thing that I'm so weirded out about because I it's like uh, the idea of. Um, of Barry's mother getting killed and his father being put in prison for the idea. Like that, that is new here. But since we are so far past this at this point, it all starts getting mixed up in my mind of what the true, like, you know, origin is of Barry out at this point. Because right now, for where this date is taking place with Iris West, it really seems like he should have been struck by lightning that night. And instead of going into a coma, that's the thing is I don't remember anymore if the coma was originally a thing or if he was just fine. Like, oh boy, I'm fast now or what? Because he makes it to the date. And he makes it to the date and is able Wait, to of course. and use his speed force ability to make sure that the waiter doesn't spill water on Iris. Yay, I'm doing that. Goes back. An entire platter. That's yeah, a whole thing. And she ends up giving him the bow tie. Thank you. Thank you. But everything's going wrong. The speed force and all that. I just like that. the idea of stuff that people put into the idea of presence and stuff. Because Iris, she wants to get to know Barry. Maybe she has romantic feelings right away. She really just wants somebody on the inside of the S- uh, CSI at CCPD. But this whole and thing maybe where she herself, gets herself, Eric. Oh exactly. My. But she gets this box ready. It's a box with a bow tie, but also has to take the time to have a little tag hanging off it from Iris to Barry. I'm like... Obviously, like, why do you have to go this extra step? Not even talking about Iris, but people in general, like, here, this is from me to you. It also says so on this box in case you forget. I'm like, you didn't need to do that. I'm not going to forget that fast. But also, it seems like he also gets maybe the inspiration of the red costume then from this bow tie because she says you're kind of a guy who looks good in red. And if this is the day and whatnot, he wouldn't have, you know, it's just weird. It all gets weirded up. Like you said, you don't know the time frame and things. But she says either you take it of, oh, my, she she knows, you know, a little bit. It's just weird. But he ends up making the costume and it's red because, you know, Iris. But then he, she, he they go up. red. Yeah, how does she know that? It's just a bow tie. She like, ends pretty up then, he tells me I look good in something. You, well, now he's going to go out and redo my outfits. He actually, you didn't realize, it was just going to be Nobody's this, ever told me I look good in any color. It was going to be a green and purple <laughs> outfit up until then. But yeah, everything's happening, and he is affecting the re- other speedsters. He's afraid that if they get near him, all that stuff. So he ends up needing Hal. Well, he needs. To, he ends up having to have Hal do a construct, take me away from here, get me out of here now, take me into space. Get, I got to get out of here, which Hal does, and then he just gets out, and then just decides hey, he's going to go back into the speed force. Anymore? No, we're clear. All right, just let me out of this whole thing now. I got my own plans. 
And now, and now because this is our issue three, and like Jim says, not a lot going on for a lot of people. We need to have the race with Superman. Yeah, exactly. even then when you have that with the Superman, like, hey, I beat you a couple times. That was for charity. charity. I'm like, my, he was faking the funk in those charity, charity events. Anybody who tells me the Superman is faster than the Flash, I want to punch him in the face. I'm telling you, I don't yeah. want to punch him in the face. That's what that goes <laughs> over the line a little bit, but they're they're wrong. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's like anytime. And I like Jeff Johns is making it that. Okay, if you think that you can pull up any sort of evidence that Superman won, <laughs> Barry was pulling punches there. He wasn't really running, but he's going to go and really just zips away from yeah, Superman. Superman. Like, I'm not going to let you do this. And I love the idea, too, for some reason that while they're talking, it says that uh, they have this whole thing where because Superman, we have to emote the idea of the race so much here that we just can't have Superman flying next to Barry. Like we start out with talking to him. I can't let you do this. He has to get down on foot and actually and like show you the race for like verbatim. Like you didn't have to go that far. I understand what you're trying to do here. I got a couple things in this issue where even if it didn't play out, like I thought in my mind, everyone that Barry talks to is like, you should know as well as anybody else. It's like everybody should know, but he's just going to run. And, should and know. you end up getting that whole deal where I'm going to become one. I'm going to disappear. Iris, tell Iris, you know, she'll understand. Tell her I love her. I'm out. And then when See, he goes I, I'm in. I'm telling you, I, I like this whole thing where he is running as hard as he can and starts living like his life starts flashing in, Again, in it's reverse. just recap. Oh. It is recap to a degree, but the idea that we are going reverse and he just wants to be able to remember Iris. He keeps saying the name over well, and over again. Well, if he remembers Iris, then life. he won't lose his identity. Exactly. He won't lose his own person, but he's pretty much going into something that he knows is going to do that. But then he loses the name. Well, he does because that's what happens. He's spelled it out. It's like the whole deal of different religions when they have that spelled out. And he goes and he keeps saying, I got to remember a name. I got to remember who, whose name, whose name. But even in that, you end up having uh, Bart when he shows up. Hey, where's Max Mercury? I I need to know. I thought that it was him who was affecting that. that. And then you go into there and you do see Max Mercury. And you Johnny see Quick. Johnny Quick in there, you know, and that's where you do get the thing with Johnny Quick, you know, tell don't let it hurt my daughter. Tell her I love her. Tell Jesse that I'm, you know, all about it. And Barry just thinks that he's got to go through there. But at that point, you see who really is the bad guys, because as Barry's yelling, don't get near me, please. You, you don't understand. If he gets near me, you're going to die. idea, too, what we're dealing with in this whole thing for when Barry goes into the Speed Force and sees Johnny Quick and Max Mercury, because they need to convey to him what is who is behind this whole thing. They want to tell him Professor Zoom. They want to say like what they have to say. But in order to do this, it seems like they have to hold on to him, which kills them because he's the Black Flash. So I'm like, I, I really hope in the next issue, because I don't recall, that is explained why they needed to hold on to him in order for this to happen. Maybe because they just him. be separated because of the whole deal. And he was I don't losing. Know. Max and Johnny seem to be hanging out. Well, they seem at one point, it's funny, they're hanging out. At first, I thought they were beating the crap out of each other. They really look <laughs> like they're in the middle of a fight. But I think it's to more them or more Barry down to stop him from going forward, especially at this point when he's forgetting things. He's getting right. one. I, with can, the I deal. can work with that. I think that that's what it is. I, and just the whole thing, it's like, let go, Johnny. I'm like, yeah, let go, Johnny. <laughs> also, You're dying. The, and then Max the grabs a hold. No. Johnny, when he does it, though, it looks like he's just like, hey, let me tell you. Puts his hand on his shoulder. Oh, Listen no. here. Ah! And he never stop missing her. I'm like, okay, I see that. That's At least you didn't get Jesse see that earlier. She would have freaked out as he's just dying. Uh, but yeah, you end up then with reverse slash. I shifted you into reverse. And he has the... 
baton there that we saw was at the very first scene yes. of this whole deal killing was what was killing people. So you see, and it's, you know, rear view mirrors. There we go. Uh, yeah. So by the end of this, like I said, I don't mind, you know, the individual things. I like the no, art no, enough. The it just is, didn't have much to do. Maybe because I have a slightly like, you know, closer connection to this because I complained all about this in the Judas Contract that we did earlier about the idea that we've seen it so many times, stuff like that. Like I was around reading this when it came out, when we just reintroduced the idea of uh, what I'm saying. It's, it's still not that far removed from what I'm talking about. But the idea of like, you know, the new origin for Barry Allen, his mother. So going back and seeing those new things like, as he's going like. Like, you know, towards the speed force and the times moving back in his mind, and he's showing his whole life in reverse. They're just reinforcing the new status quo at that point in time. Yeah. And so me so coming saying, in later. It's not showing like, you know, just a recap for things everybody already knows. So this is kind of new and important. Well, and again, it was then, just like when we were Agreed. saying about the whole Deathstroke <laughs> deal. So uh, when I go into this, this is the origin that I know. So seeing it here, yeah, I realize that this is the first and, you know, dealing of it. But that still doesn't make this issue anything but that. And it, it's done in a clever way where it's, you know, your life flashing before you, stuff yeah. like that. That's pretty cool. But overall you are stopping all the it, it's basically like the you know new teen titans issue that we talked about it stops everything it doesn't well, even get to yeah. what you wanted to get because you're like oh my god black flash what does this mean well by the end of this it doesn't seem to mean anything with reverse flash hey i put your you know you in reverse all that but yeah you do get to see Tony, a lot this of whole this thing, the idea of the negative speed force and stuff like that i put you in reverse all the different things that people just say i did this to you because of speed force or i changed the speed force. i hate that so yeah, much yeah. Well, and this is the origin, Eric, but where's that battle with the turtle that ends up making Paradox? I don't no, understand. No, no, no. That's Flash Year One. Oh, I know. This is <laughs> this is Flash Day One. But yeah, he's there and he's going to become one with the speed. And and really, though, by the end, you're – I guess the whole thing is, okay, I hope Barry doesn't die because he's got to stop Reverse Flash. But I'm certain that there's some people like – Please, I love Wally. Get yeah. this Barry out. I don't need him. Uh, but yeah, overall. Especially the sad sack that we're dealing yeah. with right now who just wants to die. Overall, I'm a, I'm a 6 out of 10. And that's with the art, which I do really oh, like. Oh, that's great. I love um, it. But again, there's just not a lot going on except just going through flashbacks, which weren't really – like I, they are origins being retold through a flashback. But you kind of pause everything for that. And so just reading it with all the others, I, I was a little bored. Uh, what would you give it? I like the idea of running back to death for what Barry wants to do with because that's all we've dealt with this way. So it seems like the logical conclusion, but the know that reverse flash you know rebirthed as well as well uh, as barry on here i'm like that's a cool concept even though like i said we're so far, like we are far removed seen it a bunch of times he's old hat anymore reverse flash for how many times he shows up but it was a big deal here um i think this is actually the first time that i've been really on the idea that i want to continue because i thought the first two issues were kind of mad personally and i've always thought that this uh rebirth series is weaker compared to the green lantern rebirth but I'm on board. I want to see how this ends next issue, and I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. All right. Well, we're going to go to the last issue of the night, which is a book that we've actually been enjoying. And what is that, Eric? It is Green Lantern number 50, written by Ron Mars, with art by Daryl Banks, Romeo Tangal, Steve Matson, and Albert de Guzman, and from 1994. It all comes down to this, how Jordan versus Sinesha in a fight to the death, and while that may seem kind of mundane at this point in time, when this issue came out, Jim, it was huge. But if all of that, 
But if a all-out fight between these two rivals wasn't enough for you, you see how Jordan completely go over the line when he takes on Kilowog one last time before complete, completing his mission of taking the energy from the central power battery for himself, completing completely devastating the core and turning himself into Parallax. But don't worry, boys and girls, there's a new hope out there. Yeah, there is. A new hope there is. Uh, yeah, you have Hal, and he's going to fight Sinestro. We had that great cliffhanger. We get to that. That great and, new costume for Sinestro. And really, I thought Sinestro was playing it pretty good. I'm like, oh, and I know what ends up happening. But even so, as I'm reading, I'm like, all right, Sinestro, you're doing this. You're giving the whole, oh, look at you cheating with all them rings. You got, That's like, the thing. That you whole smart, co- Sinestro. That old time player is like, you wouldn't be so tough without that weapon right there. Oh, yeah. And then gets the shit kicked out of him. I'm like, yeah. just don't fall for it. How is yeah, the thing yeah. is, who do you want to win here? The bad guy or the guy, who, the good guy who's gone completely insane and has just murdered a bunch of people? I mean, if, if I'm sitting there, I'm hoping that what happens is Sinestro is a bad dude. He starts ba- beating up Hal, and Hal is beaten senseless, but also to sense that he's All been right. wrong. He's got he the sense there. beat into him. All right. Maybe he ends up even getting hit at the last second. This is if, if it was all the best. Yeah, that, yeah. That he falls into the battery. The best outcomes. A, as he falls into the battery, Sinestro starts cackling. Now, I'm you're a sentinel next, now. Guardians. And then Hal comes out, supercharged back to Big Hal, and then puts Sinestro in. Everybody's happy. He high-fives the Guardians. Kind of like what we've seen recently when he became like pure will. Yeah, yeah. That ain't happening. What ends up, when, no, when he ends happening. up telling you, when he ends up snapping Sinestro's neck. I'm like, oh my. Just the idea that we have Sinestro talking. He's trying to give his last words and how does he even wait for him before snapping his neck? I'm like, oh God. I I do like at one point where you did have Hal before, like, you know what? You're a a fool. You people will come at me with constructs of guns and stuff. Sinestro tries to use that. He just defeats that right away. And then when they're fighting, I do like the back and forth, but I also do like seeing the Guardians with mostly, I'm telling you, you know, this, not talking, them getting very this concerned. This weird bit where we have Sinestro and Hal Jordan going at this all-out giant death, to, like battle to the death situation where you do have these intermittent panels because like where the guard, we're just showing the Guardians watching on and it happens over and over again. I'm like, I think that was done really well. Yeah, and, and the idea the concern. that- Oh, I'm telling you, the idea that they're watching at first and they're like, all right, <laughs> you look at the progression of these assholes. They're, they're like- <laughs> Yep, that's it. Then the next time, Uh-oh. oh, then Hal like knocks over Sinestro. They go, one of the guardians is looking uh-huh. over at the other one. Then when they go, the other one's looking at the best is, is after you end up having Sinestro yelling, Jordan, you have chart, you have changed all this rage, almost new man, aren't you? And they're about to hit each other. And you look and that Uh-oh. one guardian's just like, oh no. Yeah, I think no, he shit his pants. Guardian's still stoic though. Oh yeah, I think he shit his pants. And then they're just going at it. And that's where you get the ba-boom. Both of them just an explosion, and now you end All up right. having how. Uh, we, we did done these constructs and blasted each other. Time to go fist for fist, oh, brawler yeah. style, and it's crazy. And I love that one. Like, oh no, guy, <laughs> he shoot his pants. They they blow up, <laughs> and that's where in that whole deal, Sinestro ends up going. He wants to give him the sleeper hold. He he has him there, but then how bashes him and then gets him in it hits him and he just snaps his neck and and it's they want to make sure you realize that he did what he did you get that huge crack then you get damn you and then three panels are just dead sinestro as Hal's going into the I, I battery like this whole thing too because sinestro he's beaten he's bloody at this point oh we're finished all right both of us finished what are you talking about i finally beat you i won 
Uh, did you, Jordan? Look at yourself and answer me. You know you probably should. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't even get to <laughs> finish I mean, even at that point you can and that's the one thing i did like too where you have all this going down it's something that you pointed out earlier that i think played out better in this issue as you go because you do think that he possibly killed all of those other guardians yes, when he and says they explain that, that out there. yes when he says you know sinestro's like you ended up killing everybody everybody's dead and no 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 i gave him enough power all that but but what are you going to do if you go into the battery and take You're all take that all power, power away? They're left in space. They're left. Eh. They are dead then. Eh, whatever. It'll work out in the wash. Thankfully, yeah. the Manhunters came along, like gathered a bunch of them. And it's crazy when you have an issue where you legitimately have Sinestro talking the most sense at, at most of the time, even though Why he's, can't we get Sinestro in this costume and, again? Yeah, and he, Sinestro, he's still a bad dude. He's talking. And even then, he's just goading on how Jordan, hey, when they ended up telling me that I had to get this new recruit and show him what was going on, they told me. I was the best. And I looked at this. If you, this if you, if you show him half of what you know, Sinestro, he'll be great. Yeah. You are the best Green Lantern ever. Like, yeah. He's going to sit here stroking yourself. Oh, I'm telling you. And Sinestro. then Sinestro's basically like, I looked at you and I knew you were nonsense. Though I thought that what we were getting is one of my favorite things of you taught me everything. Oh yeah, and then he Not changes. Everything. He changes his karate position, <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh crap!" He knows monkey style. You end up though. Th- <laughs> this is a pretty cool fight, and then it does just end up with well, that's Hal the best going part into about the, the fight. whole thing because you have Hal going over the top. It's already. Me- it's. I'm saying it's already messed up. That just the hero that you've known and loved your entire life. He's he's lost it. He has become the villain to the point where he then goes and kills his greatest villain he's ever had. Like this whole final fight between his greatest villain, his teacher, and stuff like that. What a great moment. And you think it's over. I'm like, oh my God. And when Kilowog shows back up and this takes him on and tries to tell him, look, I, I, I love you, but you have crossed the line. You can't keep doing this whole thing. And for, ha- and I'm telling you, while he does this, just beating the ever loving hell out of freaking how this entire time. But for how to go over the line, talking about how he can't go back yet, not at this point. He's crossed the line too much. He needs to continue on with his mission and he uses all the energy in his ring just to blast away Kilowog to the point where there's only a skeleton left. I'm like, how do you keep upping the ante with each page and, and of this well, issue? Why, how you can is just the progression, and it's great because if you ended with Sinestro getting killed, huge moment. Great but, ending. But you said, though, that's his biggest enemy. He is still an enemy of the core, though. And so when you have Sinestro get his neck snap, that's huge. But you could have people like, well, I'm glad he did that. I mean, you finally <laughs> get rid of that Sinestro. And that if he had already done Kilowog, it might have been a little dead. So when you're and like, oh my God, Sine-. then that's when you realize, oh crap, Kilowog's still there. He might be able to stop him. Maybe Howell listen. Maybe Kilowog's and then when he gets just fried. Even this last line is such like, a you know, badass. Pull it together, deal. Hal. You killed Sinestro, but you ain't evil like him. Not yet. You can still stop. And then like he catches like you know, Kilowog's fist and says, No, I can't just blast him away to nothing right there. I'm like Woo-wee. Yeah, and, and just <laughs> just the idea of that too. Is, Across the line, Kilowog. I can't go back. I'm kills like, Kilowog. He ain't listening no more. Yeah, I know he's dead. Uh, he he blasts him, and then he's like, "I don't deserve this." Throws the ring down those stairs, and then you end up having the Let guardians. Me tell you, blue, the blue jerks. How I really feel now. And then I like it. He's like, "I don't deserve this anymore." You know, I'm done with being a bad guy. Throws the ring, and then the the guardians have to show oh. up and talk shit. You now know, and then he gets gone. mad. You oh. do not deserve. Yeah. 
deserve that. You don't deserve it. You don't need to hear that. You have committed heinous acts, caused irreparable damage. You will be punished by you. Now it's not like you did it again. Let me pick you up off your feet, you little nothing. And then he's trying to just tell them, like, you know, listen to me. You don't know what's going on. You don't understand. And I'm just going to turn back. I'm just going to slowly walk backwards and jump in the battery because he doesn't have the deal. Well, at this point, then you see that the guardians have a hail mary plan. They're going to give Ganthet all their last powers, ditch and their last ditch is for him to go and find anybody they can. Unfortunately, it's Kyle Rayner, right? How da- Rayner, and how <laughs> dare Kyle you? Rainer, I mean, yeah. They sacrifice their lives to put all their energy into one last power battery, leaving Ganthet by himself to find one true champion left yeah. to keep the Green Lantern legacy alive. Yeah, and you end up having Parallax here. He comes, breaks the stomps on the ring, all that going on. Well, but yeah, I'm telling you, he goes inside the battery, and the power he, he consumes the battery steel. shatters yeah. out. And now he is yeah, just everything's him. full armor and amazing looking. Yep. And so, yeah, the Guardians know what's going to be coming here, and they do have to sacrifice the all themselves in the game. I just want to know what, how Jordan thinks walking out as the badass Parallax, who has lost control and just has a new mission, as he comes out of the battery now as Parallax. All the Guardians he was just talking shit on, they're just dead and smoldering around him like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> really? I like too, though. The Guardians around like, all right, which one of us gets to live and get the power? Get that hippie guy, Ganthet. That guy's got a ponytail. Shit like that's cool, right? But yeah, he's going to have to go off. And we do see him go off. And he's got to recruit the one last Green Lantern to hopefully I, I wish win the out. thing is, I love Kyle Rayner. Greatest yeah. Green Lantern that's ever lived in my mind. Think the Green Lantern that, you know maintained me being a Green Lantern fan throughout my entire childhood and my adulthood. But the whole thing is, like, I, I know things are looking tough right now, Gantha, but you could have did a little bit more due diligence to find the right person to wield the last Green Lantern ring instead well, of the first he? person you found in an alley. It's just the thing. He goes and he's like, okay, the best is he's like, boom, in the alley. He's like, okay. Got that drunk bum there and the Nine Inch Nails fan. This is going to be tough. All right. I'll Dude get in it a to, leather jacket it is. <laughs> to the guy who actually can get around and walk. Here you go, Kyle Rayner. This is it. You know, you shall have to do. I'm like, I no, like there's other people that can do better. I think, and I even love. I love Kyle. Yes, I love it. It's what am I supposed to do with this? What you have to do. But how does it work? Look, it why works do we have the, the greatest? It why do we have the greatest American hero with this thing? You can yeah, hang really. out for five more minutes and explain it to me, please. I mean, really, just say put on the ring and 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 then we'll work from there. Or something. I gotta go. You know, I can't hang around here, even though I can, but I won't. And here you go, ring. It'll do what it has to but what does it do it does what it must what must it do what oh, it God. must i'm out i want to put like this young. ring on oh man i'm the yeah. green lantern i like that he's like yeah that bum over there that drunk he saw something so at least i'm not crazy let's put this ring on holy crap look how kick-ass i am i better kill this bum <laughs> I, I cannot leave any <laughs> I witnesses i can't next. i can't let any witnesses go from here bum you're dead and here it's we the are, original Jim. bum fights at Green Lantern, number 50, we end Emerald Twilight, and we welcome to a new Emerald Era where the greatest Green Lantern of all time has, be- has become heel. He's turned heel. He's turned heel, Jim, and we have a new, not even just the idea of a new Green Lantern like uh, going forward, but we don't even have a core anymore. We've put all of that stuff behind us to start fresh, start new. And, and just imagine God, that. You don't have a core. You specifically just last killed the trainer of all the – like you can't even leave that for Kyle Rayner to try to figure out 
about things on his own, not even knowing what the hell oh, he, got he will be doing. Blue ponytail dude jumping around yeah, and not having time for nothing. Guy and a dead bum. He's there. He <laughs> is dead. He's dead. I tell you. I wish that the nine inch nail shirt still shone through there on the deal. That'd be pretty cool. Why? But why yeah. do you want nine inch nails to show through so much? I don't know. I just want it to happen. But yeah, it's good. And the progression of how you do end with Kilowog to really show, okay, how is just, he had those pent up feelings about Sinestro. So, okay, I can imagine that he might go a little crazy there. He's a little wacko anyway. And then he did that. When he kills Kilowog, you're like, holy crap. And then just. Even if you go to the letter section at the end of this issue right away, wow, didn't think we'd do it, did you? Yeah. How the yeah. court, even the guardians, all gone. I'm like, wow, yeah, oh, I did not very, think you were going to do it. They are very proud of themselves. But yeah, it's, it's really good. And then you end up with Kyle Rayner going forward. So that's pretty cool. What would you give this? I would give this an 8.5 out of 10. I, I love chill. the art. I think this might be the strongest bit of art we've had for this first three issues because it changed each time. And I think the story is just amazing. I'm telling you, it blew me away as a kid. It still blows me away reading it how many years later and I'm still having a good time. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5 as well, but that's it. That's it for the podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we're going to start getting new books. Uh, DC is going to put out a bunch of new books. A lot of them are... That's our Superman section of the Wayback Machine podcast. Yeah, we're still going to continue the stuff that we had been talking about, but we're also going to have a section with the new books. And because of that, for the first week, at least, we will have the newer books, which really, for our sake... It's only Batman, The Outsiders, number 12, Hawkman, number 23, and The Flash, number 753. Those will be on the regular podcast. We'll have a Patreon spotlight with other books. But as more and more come out each week, they are going to start, you know, having more and more each week. We will get back to having a vote for those on. And it'll probably be two weeks from now where we will have the vote and whatever's picked of the new books will be on the Patreon spotlight. But we figured at this point, everybody coming back will just have a big celebration and have right. these Celebrate good times. Come on. on the deal. We'll see if that's the case that we really are celebrating. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. But that New books, will be Jim. Coming no matter what up. happens, let's celebrate. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, these you books, well, Nancy. we haven't really been digging that Flash story, but I hope that this is something that we can get on board. Batman and the Outsiders, we've been enjoying enough and Hawkman people love more than you. So there you it's go. True. And then in the meantime, I'm going to continue having a spotlight type uh, episode where instead of probably the digital stuff like i've been doing i will probably talk about the green lantern season two number three no, not and joker Burn. harley criminal sanity number four which that's what comes out next week as well but you are not reading those so i will do that <laughs> as a spotlight <laughs> so we'll have all those uh, I can't and even that's imagine it. trying to catch up to that Green Lantern season two nonsense. Yeah, yeah I don't know. You, all you'd have to all right, do is Green start Lantern, reading. You'd only have to stars. read. You wouldn't have to read those. I'm telling you. Not even Dark right Black Stars. Yeah, Black Stars. You don't need that. You would just have to read two issues, and you'd be you'd be just as angry. I'd be just as, as confused, as angry as I would be. Yeah, knowing you would all be. Of it. We'll see. I like the first issue of season two. See, the second was a little wacky. It was a that's one shot for no reason. This, this whole idea that I love Green Lantern. He's one of my favorite DC comic characters of all time my go-to hero and you i don't want to go anywhere near the single book that's coming out right now nope you do not but i'll do it uh, i'll lose my mind it it's takes rough. me a while to record that too i always it's sit there and it takes I, you a while to read it and understand no, i, what the I hell get to a point while i'm reviewing and i'm like i gotta stop because i don't know how to explain <laughs> this stuff but we'll see how that goes yeah, but Morrison. that's just that so the new books will be coming back a little trickle at first but more and more as we go uh but that's it what do we say at the end of the podcast 
Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. I like the killing.